fans, Alyssa Bergamini, your in-game host for your Chicago White Sox, and you're watching the best podcast on the south side of Chicago, South Burbs Hitman. Make sure you tune in. Listening to the Ballroom Network, the following program is intended for all audiences. Welcome to the South Burbs Hitmen Podcast with your hosts, Joe Mandel, Steven Zim Zimmerman, Vinny Parisi, and Chris Gonzalez. We're bringing you the White Sox coverage you need from the perspective of true Southsiders. Grab your Comiskey dog with an ice cold beer and meet us in section 155. Everyone get on your feet for your South Burbs Hitmen. That ball hit deep. Way back. You can hit it on the board. Yes. Jimenez in the air. Left field. He's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. Over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges throws. Out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. Alexei! Yes! 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 History! A perfect game by Mark Burley and what an unbelievable, unbelievable play by 21. Pitch starts now. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to South Burbs Hitmen. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mandel. And before I introduce my crew, uh, we're going to go ahead and introduce our very special guests tonight. Uh, we have our biggest guest in the history of the show, and we are beyond excited to welcome Jake Berger, and his fiance Ashlyn to the show, guys. We cannot thank you enough for being with us tonight. How you doing, Jake? How you doing, Ashlyn? Doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having oh, no, us. No, no problem <laughs> at all. We we are over the moon. We we've been so 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 excited to get you on the show. We had Ashlyn on earlier this year, and you know it was just uh, so excited to get you on, Jake. 
you know, and you guys have had some pretty exciting news yourself. You know, first and foremost, congratulations on the engagement and the pregnancy. Super, super exciting stuff. Um, actually, I got the, I have a little link to your Instagram here. If I can blow this up full screen for everyone to see. <laughs> Just so we can quickly watch the gender reveal because this is really awesome. <laughs> Did that stuff get everywhere? I just got to know. It's <laughs> Yeah, it was yes. everywhere. The shirt's still stained. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, it's a memento, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Jake, that blue powder is behind Jake's ear for like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how excited are both of you guys to be parents? We're super stoked. I mean, it's uh, it's a dream come true for both of us. And, uh, you know, I, I think uh, we would have been okay with a girl, but definitely super stoked about it being a boy. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's perfect timing, too, with uh, the, the due date being around, like, November 12th. Um, there you go. So, yeah, you know, hopefully a World Series baby. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's got – it's super exciting. How are you feeling, Ashton? You feeling good? I'm good. Yeah, I eat more than Jake for the first time. So hey, there you go. <laughs> that's true. <gonna> be exciting. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, Jake, in, in terms of baseball, real quick, how's your hand feeling? Are, are you getting ready to come back? Uh, how's the hand? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's feeling good. Um, it was it was from that uh, hit-by-pitch in Detroit um, where it really wasn't a hit-by-pitch. It was a, a foul ball uh, <laughs> that, that hit me or a, a swinging, swinging strike. Um, but, yeah, you know, it was just kind of lingering. And so, um, you know, uh, I'm feeling good and ready to go. So, um, you know, after the break, hopefully get back out there and, and get, get playing. Awesome, man. Uh, Chris Gonzalez, you, this is uh, – you're up next, buddy. What do you got? And for, first off, Jake, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, my first question for you is, in this era of advanced statistics becoming more apparent in the game, what does offensive and defensive war mean to you? Or is there really any number out there that you actually look into? Um, not, not necessarily. I mean, I'll look into slugging percentage. Um, I think that's, that's the biggest one for me um, because that tells me I'm getting on base and uh, also driving the ball like I'm supposed to. Um, for, uh, in terms of war, honestly, most of us have no idea what it even means. Um, you know, it's hard to even like find the, the true algorithm for it. Um, you know, there, you know, you have like baseball references one and um, um, what is it? Fan graphs or something like that has a different algorithm. So um, it's hard for us to even say, I know um, front offices use it a lot, but um, for me, you know, I, I obviously know positive is uh, a good thing. So anytime it's up on the White Sox board and I'm, I moved up like a, a point one or point two, I'm pretty stoked, but uh, <laughs> that's about the extent of it. Yeah. Cause I was actually, um, really upset when you first when they first let you go back down to charlotte because your barrel was on you know your barrels were right there and your exit velocity was well and balls were just dying and that was just everybody on the team and mm -hmm. i just knew it was about time that you're going to come around and the ball's going to drop for you but um sure enough a month later it, that ended up happening you had a hot bat there and uh mm -hmm. i'm glad to see it and i'm sure there's a lot more left in this season from you yeah yeah no i appreciate that and um that's that's another part of my off-season program is uh, really focusing on the exit velocity and the optimal launch angle. Um, that's kind of all we, we pride ourselves in. Um, and so, um, you know, it, it's interesting when you like dive deep into it and um, where you want to hit the, the maximal uh, percentage. And I'm training with guys like Brandon Lau and Brent Rooker, who um, they themselves have a lot of juice. And, um, you know, Brandon Lau is probably the best at 
you know, optimal, both, both of those numbers. So, um, you know, I get to learn from one of the, one of the better guys in the league. Jake Ashlyn, I'm so happy to have you guys on this show right now. This is, <laughs> this is wonderful. So Jake, you play with some fun characters on the Chicago White Sox team. And Ashlyn, I'm sure you could comment on this too, just being around a little bit. You know, who is the most fun to hang out with away from the stadium? Is Eloy cracking jokes? Is Luis Robert low-key really funny? Who's the most fun to hang out with? So I have my favorite. Oh yeah, you go, yeah, you go first. <laughs> I think my favorite and the funniest person. I mean, every time we're on an elevator together, I just like can't wait for him to open his mouth. And it's actually Jay Hey, Josh Harrison. Nice. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Yeah, he's mm-hmm. hilarious. Um, he's I would so say funny. him. Um, Luis Robert is like sneaky funny. Like he's really quiet and then like cracks a one liner, like making fun of Frank or like, you know, just like just out of the blue. And it's like hysterical and everybody starts dying laughing. Um, it, uh, there's one story where like one of one of Frank's things he says is like, where is it? There it is. And this was like two years ago. And um, Luis Robert is like, where is it where it is like he didn't like he he thought that was the saying which was really funny um but i would say joe kelly's hilarious uh jimmy lambert sneaky funny um aj pollock probably probably my favorite guy on the team um you know just from how he talks and uh some of his like you know he's been in the league for so long so he's got so many stories so you know you can't go wrong with any of those guys though everyone's awesome and they're they're absolutely hysterical that's awesome all right. Well, hey, thank you guys a lot for coming on. Uh, Ashlyn, I know you were on before. I'm sorry I missed that show, but I was uh, doing a little Little League coaching. So, you know, Jake, if you need any pointers, I might be able to help you out. Probably <laughs> not. But <laughs> <laughs> but it. yes, Ashlyn, thank you so much for coming back on and bringing Jake with you this time. Um, Jake, I, I want to direct this one directly to you. You know, you just talked about being in the league for a little while, having some stories. You know, you haven't been in there very long at this point, but do you have like a a welcome to the big stories, like something that happened in a game or like I know some guys have talked about like getting the helmet with the one flap on it, like was such a big deal. Like, do you have any stories like that? Or Ashlyn, do you have any stories where like it was like, oh, my God, like, babe, you're here. (laughs) Oh, it's like when the fireworks went off for the first time when he hit his first home run at home was like such a big deal because I just wanted to see fireworks so bad that day. <laughs> I Every day before he goes to work, I say, can you make the fireworks? Because then it's, it, I just like, like seeing fireworks. And the days that he makes me fireworks is really exciting. But <laughs> that's about all I can do. No, I mean, that's, that that's not false. She always says that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for me, I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I think um, – there's like probably three distinct memories. Um, I would say, I mean, the first one is just like, you know, you're getting on the bus, uh, for the first time. Um, and we're in Detroit. So it's like a little longer bus ride, um, from where we're staying. And, um, you know, you, you walk in and it's like, this is the big league team. Like, you know, I, I was in spring training with them, but like, no, like we're dressed to like walk into a, a game that matters. Um, so I, I would say that that moment was kind of like, Holy cow. Um, you know, I'm, sitting next to Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson um, on the same bus going to a game. Um, The second one was probably um, because we were in Detroit, Miguel Cabrera, just being on the same field as him. um, That first game he grounded out to me and I'm like, damn, I like, I just threw out a hall of famer. Um, 
And so, you know, that, that that's also crazy. And then uh, the last one, I always say this, uh, I told Ashlyn, this is probably my highlight of my season so far is Otani was on third base and um, <laughs> he gave me a butt slap. And like, I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> like, he was the best player in baseball and he just slapped That's my butt. Awesome. <laughs> so the only thing Jake talked about for three or four weeks, and then anytime there's like an Angels anything, it's like, hey, remember Otani? And I'm like, yes. And you guys have the same walk-up song. Yeah, no, it's crazy. <laughs> so those are the three. No, that's got to be totally surreal, Jake. And, you know, is, is it true that you grew up a White Sox fan? Is yeah. that true? Yeah, Paul Konerko is actually my favorite player. Um, and it was kind of weird how it happened. Um, so there was a guy that came down from Chicago to St. Louis to give, like, hitting lessons. Um, and I was, like, I don't know, like, six years old at the time. Um, and he would, like – put your swing next to like a big leaguers. That's like, you know, somewhat close and like give it to you to like watch. And my comp was Paul Konerko. So like, since then I'm like, Oh dude, like this is my favorite player. Like I have the same swing as him. So nice. Um, yeah. So I, I started watching the white Sox because of that. And uh, you know, it was, I always say that the, uh, the white Sox stole my heart before the Cardinals did because the white Sox won in 05 and the Cardinals won in 06. So um, you know, but it doesn't hurt to be in the hometown of a, a World Series winning team as well. Is it is it kind of surreal to play for the team you grew up kind of rooting for? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and it, I, you know, you just like step out in the ball ball field, and it's like, holy cow, man! Like, you know, I, I was watching games on, on TV, watching these guys play, um, and now I'm here, and you know, some little kids out there watching me do that, and uh, you know, hopefully gets the same opportunity. So, you know, that's kind of how I take it every day. Is like. I, I know how Paul Canerco played, you know, and like how hard he played. And it's like, I, I want to be that for some kid someday that can, can say the same thing when he makes his big league debut. Oh, that's awesome, man. Gonzo, you're up, bud. Yep. Uh, Jake, you've, I know it's just the first half of the season so far. You've had some ups and downs at the hot corner this year. What are you working on specifically to improve defensively just to become the best player that you possibly can be for the Sox? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely a rough patch in there that, uh, you know, I, th I think uh, me and the whole uh, city of Chicago was frustrated with, but uh, you know, that, that happens in baseball. And um, you know, for, for me, I think it's all about like playing aggressive. And if I'm going to make a mistake, like make it aggressively. Um, and, and during those times I was playing a little more timid and uh, you know, not trying to go after balls as hard as I can. So um, you know, it's, it's all about just staying aggressive and, and, you know, attacking the ball rather than, um, letting, letting it dictate, the, dictate the hop for you. Um, you know, you make the hop for yourself. So, um, that's what Joe McEwing and I have been working on. Um, and then also, you know, just staying in my legs more, um, you know, it's, it's a long season and, um, you know, sometimes your legs are tired and, you know, you start bending at the waist rather than, you know, getting down fully, um, you know, where, you, where your eyes are level with the ball. So, uh, just constantly focusing on that as well. Jake, in recent years, I've been getting into college baseball. It's not as prominent from a fan point of view in the state of Illinois. Us Chicago guys don't grow up obsessed with it like we do college football, college basketball. And you played for Missouri State University. Can you talk a little bit about playing the college game and what it means to kind of grow this thing? Because I do feel like it is growing. Us guys in Chicago here across the Midwest are becoming more into it, watching Ole Miss, Oklahoma. That's your, that tournament was awesome. And so what does that mean for you, the whole game in general? Because it's getting kind of important lately. Yeah, yeah. I mean, college baseball is uh, – it's unbelievable. Um, it's so fun. 
you know, I have lifelong friends and, and, you know, I, I consider them family. Um, and you know, you, you see that passion, you know, sometimes it's hard to see that passion day in and day out in 162. Um, you know, these guys have what 54, um, in a regular season, 58, whatever it may be. Um, and so you see them playing, uh, with that passion every single day. And, um, it, it's so much fun. And, um, I'm actually friends with the, uh, the Tennessee head coach, Tony Vitello. Um, and, you know, they play a different style of baseball down there for sure. And, um, you know, it, everyone has their, their little flair and, um, it's fun. That's, uh, that's all I can say is like, I think it's probably the most fun I've had on a baseball field ever. Um, you know, just competing with guys that are 18 years old that you, you don't really know what you're doing. Um, you know, you're, you're just having fun out there and trying to win each game. All right. Well, I was going to ask something else, but you and Vinny are just feeding me so well tonight. Thank you so much. Jay. <laughs> I got to ask, you know, speaking of friends, speaking of guys, you're around a lot. You know, Dylan Cease is a big name in the clubhouse right now, particularly as a guy who's leading the league in strikeouts and not in the all-star game tomorrow night. Uh, I know you're kind of, you know, you're, you're on the IL, so you're not necessarily interacting the same exact way as you usually would, but like, what's that feel like to have a guy who, you know, should be there that like, you kind of got to sit back and continue to support him. Um, you know, is there a different approach that you take with it? Do you carry a chip on your shoulder as a team, like to, for your guy, how, how does that affect you guys? Yeah. I mean, we all think he got snubbed. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's anybody out there that doesn't think he did. Um, and so, you know, it's tough to see that. But, um, you know, I know Dylan really well. I played with him in Kannapolis. And, um, you know, we kind of we, we played together in the minor leagues. And I know he's going to take that personal. And, uh, you know, you're going to see an even better Dylan Cease than we already have. Um, and so that's really exciting, um, you know, knowing, knowing what type of guy he is. And, um, you know, he's starting to feel himself a little bit in terms of like getting the, the crowd hyped up and stuff like that. That's like exciting for me to see because, you know, he's, he's typically been more of a reserve type guy. So, um, you know, I, I think it leaves a, a little chip on his shoulder and um, I know what type of guy he is and he's going to work as hard as he can to uh, prove everybody wrong at the end of the season. <clears throat> Jake, the, the region in Roscoe village debuted the Jake burger burger at their restaurant. You know, I got a little bit of a, uh, a video clip of, of you testing it out. Let me pull it up for everybody in the background. Um, if I can get it going, here we go. But uh, this isn't a, this question is actually more related to Ashlyn. You know, we have your soon to be wife, Ashlyn with you on the show. We're going to put you on the spot. If there was an Ashlyn burger, what would be on it? Um, right now, because I'm pregnant, it would probably sure. be. Um, this is going to sound super weird. Like bacon and blue cheese and onions. I like can't stand the thought of onions while being pregnant, but they're one of my favorite things ever. So like those crispy red onions and that sounds good. I can't eat any of those things right now, but that's what I've been wanting. There you go. Jake, Jake, would you, would you eat that burger? Yeah, I mean, I, I would, yeah. <laughs> uh, because she'd probably say you got to, you have to get this, <laughs> um, and so I would, but um, and I would enjoy it. You know, I, I like all types of burgers, um, so yeah, I, I think I'd be game for that. Have you yeah, have you done any always, of the? Uh, go Jake, ahead, Ashlyn. Jake is always willing to eat anything. 
It's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Especially if I cook it, even when he's a little hesitant, <laughs> he eats it. You gotta try it. <laughs> have Have you made any uh, late night runs for any uh, cravings for her just yet, Jake? No, not there yet. I mean, I, I feel like you do a pretty good job of like knowing when she wants something um, sweet <laughs> or salty or whatever it may be. You know, you can you can kind of tell on a day to day basis what uh, what the mood is for that day. It's always like, what's in the clubhouse tonight? Yeah, let's bring five of those back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to love that. Gonzo, you're up, bud. Jake, before I ask this question, is the hidden coach in Charlotte, is that Charles Johnson, is it? Uh, Chris or... Johnson, yeah. Chris Johnson, okay. Mm-hmm. I notice how when either you or Gavin come up from Charlotte, you guys just get right back into it. I'm not sure if that's the confidence building in Charlotte, but – is there any different difference between uh, Frank Manichino and Chris Johnson, or are they pretty fluid on their conversation to, to your approaches um, when you're either down Charlotte or at the big league level? Yeah, they're they're very fluid. Um, you know, I I think Chris, um, you know, me and Gavin had him last year, so you know, anytime you can go back to fam- somebody familiar, um, that's always that's always huge. So um, you know, you, you go down there and. You know, it's a it's a little more relaxed, uh, not as high stress, and um, you know you can figure out stuff a little little easier. You know, um, you know I I think the the Boston series right before I got sent down, um, that you know I I was spinning, and you know you're in Fenway, so it's hard to even like think about anything that you're doing because you know you, you're you're in the most historic park in baseball, um, and so you know when you're at the the highest level in the in the world, um, it's it's hard to kind of slow things down and, and figure it out. Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of what I'll say, um, you know, is just, it, it's a, it's a familiar thing and um, you know, less, less stress at bats. Jake, you've not gotten to play in every major league ballpark yet, but you're making your way around, been around the AL a little bit now since coming up mid last year. Is there a park you walked in and you were a baseball fan growing up and you're like, wow, I'm here. Like I know Fenway parks an answer for a lot of guys. Of course, Wrigley field is, you know, it's historic. It's got all that. And then you guys get cores next week. I'm curious if you're itching to maybe getting that bat there if you come off the IL in time. Yeah, I mean, obviously everybody loves to hit there, so it'd be it'd be really fun. But um, I would say, and I don't know why people don't talk about this more, is Oracle Park um, in San Francisco. Like that's just such a neat field. Like you know, just the the whole aspect of it. Um, you know, it's it's kind of breathtaking. Growing up in St. Louis, you know you it's basically them, them and the Cardinals um, for what five years uh, from like 2010 to 2015 or whatever it was. Um, you know, it was just back and forth. So, you know, I, I you see that that park growing up in the postseason all the time, and I walk in, and it's like holy cow, man! Like this is this is sweet, and like the atmosphere, the fans are unbelievable there. Um, so I was I was fortunate enough to you know go to an NL park, um, you know, out west, which which not many guys get to do, and they're their first first season that's awesome man i i totally agree with you totally underrated park out there in san francisco um it's oracle park now that's so weird to say but yeah um, you know i'm in denver uh maybe i'll see you guys next week i, I would love to hopefully you guys can come out here hit a few bombs but um <laughs> i'm gonna kind of try to bring this whole thing uh full circle a little bit um you know at the at the top of the show we mentioned that Y'all two are engaged. Um, you know, you're planning the wedding and everything. Uh, I'm doing the same thing right now. So, like, 
I know there's so many curveballs you don't expect, but also there's like a couple of things that you hit on that like you don't expect to love so much. And you're like, that's it. That's perfect for our day. Like, can you guys give give some anecdotes, give some stories on some unexpected happenings that you didn't expect to be so difficult or maybe you didn't expect to like so much or, or you know, somewhere in between? Um, I think that Jake loves going to weddings because he loves to dance at the weddings. So for him, he's just totally in charge of the music. Like that's all nice. Jake. Um, but I think what we found from other weddings is, and this might be like a little different, but for our rehearsal dinner, instead of doing like a sit down dinner, we want to do like a low country boil where we have like a live country singer and like something just like an bourbon tasting. And something just like really like more us, which is pretty like even keel. So I think that doing things that not like that are more us and like being pumped about that and not really caring what anyone else has to say <laughs> at all has what been was the, kind of um, mm-hmm. You went to the the one wedding and it was like dancing before the food. <laughs> yeah. what? oh interesting yeah there you have some to timing timing things were wrong and it was like jake was playing so he wasn't there but it would have made him really irritated and i just remember telling him if you had to do this the dancing the dance party started before dinner was served and like i might be because i'm really food focused right now i was really irritated about that <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I was like, yeah, we're definitely not doing that. Like everyone is eating before the party begins. Um, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, Ashlyn, Jake, Ashlyn told us during her last visit on the show that you're a big bourbon and steak man. Uh-huh. So I think White Sox fans got to know what is your favorite bourbon and what's your favorite cut of steak? Oh, uh, I mean, ribeye rib automatically, and the, that's All not right. a reference to the ribeye and potatoes from earlier in the season. It's actually <laughs> just ribeye. Um, and then also uh, whiskey. Dude, it's tough. Um, I mean, if I can get a bottle of Blanton's um, whenever I can, I'll, I'll do that. But I think my go-to is Angel's Envy. Um, ah, and very good. That's more like I, I think I'm like more mesmerized by the story, um, which is – I don't know if you guys have heard the story, but um, the barrels are on the top and basically like it evaporates. Um, they're, they're on the top shelf and um, like the, the stuff that that evaporates, obviously, is going to heaven. And the stuff <laughs> that's still here is the angel's envy. And that's why it's called that. Um, so I, nice. I think the story, it's a good like icebreaker if you're at, you know, a get together <laughs> and you can kind of tell that story and uh, get things going. He loves that story. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, Sox fans gotta love to hear it. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, Jake, what are you looking forward to in the second half here? And Ashlyn, is there a road trip on the second half that you're looking forward to joining him with the team on? Ashlyn, uh, Kansas City because I love the food there. Kansas City barbecue, baby, <laughs> yeah. right? Hell yeah. yeah, I'm excited to eat my way through that town. So that one definitely coming up is one I've been counting down the days till. And I'm excited to get back to Missouri um, with that one. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think for me, it's like, I mean, we just took three or four from Minnesota. And, um, you know, I think that that's showing a lot of people, hey, like, they're still fighting here. Like, you know, whatever's been said has been said. 
Um, and you know, going into the half and taking three or four from Minnesota is huge. So, um, keep, keep building on that momentum and, um, you know, I, it's going to be a tight race, but, uh, you know, I, I think we're, we, we've got, we've got the, the talent, um, you know, that, that can win a division again. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's what I'm looking forward to the most is that, is that race and, uh, knowing that we got some momentum going into the second half. And in order to create a race like that, I think it obviously takes the whole 26 man roster plus, plus from the minor leagues, right? It takes mm-hmm. anywhere from 28 to 30 guys to really get this thing going. You guys were six games back at one point. Now the division is very much in play. And, you know, making the playoffs going on a run. It takes leadership, though, I think, to kind of come up with that. And I'm not even talking about, you know, management or the manager, coaches. I'm talking, like, from the players. Mm-hmm. And player accountability is always huge. You got the typical suspects. You have Monty Grendahl, Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu. Has there anybody that's been taking you under their wing, though, throughout the last year and a half that you're like, wow, without this guy, I might not know this about the game. Or this guy's helped me build up to being an everyday major league player. Yeah, uh, for me, I mean, that guy's A.J. Pollock. Um, you know, he's definitely – I mean, obviously, like, Tim Anderson, Yaz, um, Jose Abreu, like, all have helped me, and they, they help me every single day. Um, but, the, but the one guy is A.J. Pollock for me. Um, you know, we talk about approach every single day. Um, you know, whether I'm batting in front of him or he's batting after me, you know, we kind of talk about our bat and say, hey, this is what he's trying to do, um, you know, and, and maybe we need to shift our focus to this. Um, so that that's been huge. And, um, you know, just from an aspect of being a professional, um, you know, he's one of the most professional guys there is. And, um, you know, taking care of his business every single day, day in and day out. So um, that that's definitely been the guy that's been been huge for me. And, you know, I would even say Joe Kelly um, from that aspect, too. I mean, we, we're locker partners and, um, you know, he, I, I talk to him probably more than anybody just because of proximity. Um, and he's been huge of just you know, Hey dude, like don't, don't read into anything too much. Um, you know, just go out there and keep doing it. Like you're working hard and that's, that's all you can do. You have the talent. Um, you know, he he's huge. And, um, in terms of when I was having those defensive struggles, um, and then also, you know, he, he always, uh, gives me a pointer on how to hit home runs on bad curveballs. Um, but you know, other than that, uh, those two guys have been huge for sure. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to top this off with the capper um, that we always do at the end of our show. We always like to keep things a little more lighthearted, a little more on the fun side. I hope that we've done that for you too tonight, but the last one, if you can't tell we're food guys, we've talked about food an awful lot so far and I'm going to keep it up right now. Just a bit. You know, guaranteed rate field is some of the best food in baseball. Have, have you guys gotten to try anything there um, that, that you particularly like? And if not, I mean, Chicago is just a great food city. Like what are some of your favorite spots around sound? So excuse me, around town, someplace you might be uh, willing to give a little endorsement to that, that you really enjoy. That's your go-to place. Ashland's the, uh, the food critic <laughs> of uh, guaranteed rate. So uh, I'll have her take uh, that one. This is going to sound so awful because I can't really eat a lot. Like I haven't had a hot dog in five months and I really <laughs> want to eat a hot dog. Um, yeah. But lately, almost every single home game, I get those nachos, and they're really good. Those are really good. I haven't gotten the helmet yet. I'm like, I know I I collect things, so I'll like want to collect them all, and then it'll just be embarrassing that Jake's like, "Why are there 55 like helmets in the garage?" (laughs) 
as um, much as you might think the nachos are basic like so i think good. every single guest we've asked this question to has mentioned the nachos to some degree so you're they're definitely good. on this they're really good and then i don't know if i mentioned it last time but the horchata matcha milkshake is like phenomenal um wow i didn't know i had that yeah it's like really good and then the ice cream where it has i can't think of remember the name but it has like three different flavors on it rainbow that the rainbow yeah i think it's no it's like they that thing yeah, yeah that's that really good. <laughs> <laughs> um i've had two of those in one game once uh so <laughs> it's a chicago staple the rainbow cone yeah, that thing is good. I can't remember the name. Um, but next year when I'm not pregnant and I can like kind of eat whatever I want again and like think the smells don't like off honey, um, I will have a better answer for you. But for now, it's been the nachos and the ice cream. If that means that we get to have you on again next year, I'm totally down <laughs> to ask you that again. <laughs> uh, for Chicago, I, I mean, we both love Portillo's. Um, I think, you know, it's just for us, it was a staple, um, especially growing up playing hockey. Like we were always up there and like that it was always Portillo's, um, you know, I think nice. that for me. And then um, I see, I can't the deep dish thing. The conversation so tough because it's like I'm not really that big of a deep dish guy. So it's like hard for me to even give an endorsement there. Um, but the uh, I, I think Chicago cut is one of the cooler experiences on, on the river there. Um, I, you know, I, I, it's just so cool being on the river and um, especially like at nighttime, it's, it's beautiful. So um, those are probably the two places. That's outstanding. Jake, we earlier in the show, we kind of touched on Dylan Cease a little bit and you know what Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn and Johnny Cueto have, you know, kind of accomplished in their career so far, top 10 years in Cy Young voting for all of them. And, you know, just different points in their career, different, you know, situations. But one guy who I like kind of focus in on when it comes to evaluating pitching is Michael Kopech. I mean, mm -hmm. this guy, the arm talent that he has to me is superior to everybody on the roster. And most, most younger guys that I watch, Sam's like the top guys in the league. What do you think a guy like that ceiling is? I mean, have you faced him even as a hitter? I no, I don't think I have. Um, I, I might have gotten like a, a backfield spring training at bat, um, but I don't really remember. Um, which is probably means he either struck me out or got me out somehow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think the ceiling's probably Cy Young. Um, you know, he's got the stuff and um, he's got the mentality. You know, it's, it's a killer mentality out there. He's the nicest guy in the world off the field and you know, asking how everybody's doing that day. But uh, when he steps on that bump, it's, you know, it's, hey, here we go. And, like, I, I'm not taking any anybody, like, nobody's shit, basically, you know. Um, and so it's, it's it's awesome to see him do that. And him and I rehabbed a little bit um, in, what was that, 2018 season, maybe? Yeah. He went out um, 2018, yeah. Yeah, so we rehabbed a little bit then. And, um, you know, you, you see – that side of guys too. And so you have like even more respect for those guys, um, you know, when, when they're on the training table and then get back to where they're at. So, you know, I think the, the ceiling is, is, is Cy Young. Um, he's, he's got the stuff and he's got the mentality. It's outstanding. That's just, it's incredible to hear. And, and Jake, you guys are doing some incredible work talking about mental health. Why don't you guys talk a little bit about 
Burger Bombs, the podcast, the, the foundation stuff you guys are doing, and a little bit about the upcoming jakeburger30.com. I know there's a cool little sign up for updates on the website, which we all did in excitement, but I figured we'd give you guys the, you know, a little bit of a, a floor to talk a little bit about what you got going on there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. I, I couldn't have done this without Ashlyn. Um, she's still, still getting on me. Uh, we have like just a little bit to uh, finish before it goes live. And so she's still, still riding me on that, but um, you know, it's, it, it's such a big, big part of my life. And um, obviously Ashlyn's too. And, um, you know, the burger bombs initiative is, you know, it's stuff that helped me, um, and you know, it helped me get through it. Uh, f- it, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, it's a never ending battle, it seems, but like there's ways to lessen it. Um, and th- th- that's kind of what I used And uh, the burger bombs, uh, if anybody hasn't seen them is, uh, bombs is be open. So, you know, talk about it, find, find friends or family that you can you know, open up about what you're struggling with. Um, Oh, is open a book. I think, you know, getting away from your phones for a little bit and, um, you know, video games, just away from technology in general um, and opening up a book and, you know, reading for 15 minutes can uh, give you a little, little peace of mind. Um, and then uh, M is meditate. I think that's, that's massive. Um, you know, it kind of seems hard at first and it is, it's, it's hard to, to master, but um, you know, as, the more you do it, the better off you're going to be. And, uh, you know, I still use it on the field, off the field, uh, in, in any way I possibly can. And then um, the the next B is uh, break a sweat, um, and you know, just just be active, do something for 30, 45 minutes. Uh, for me, it's hiking um, and, and going on walks. You know, just being out in nature always kind of resets my mind. Um, and then S is set a routine. And uh, for me, you know, it's uh, in my line of work. You know, it's it, I feel like I have to do so much in a day uh, before the game even starts, and so. Uh, for me, you know, setting a routine and kind of writing it down the night before um, is is huge for me. Um, you know, it kind of calms my mind and uh, takes away that anxiety of uh, what am I supposed to do next. So um, it's it's really cool. We got some apparel coming out on the uh, on the website, and uh, you know, it's it's awesome. And uh, Ashlyn, I kind of spoke there for a really no, long time. <laughs> nope, I'm glad you did. I think that, and especially as we became like we're becoming parents, we want to make sure our kids have some tools in their toolbox to, to help them get through life as they mature. And I think it's become even more of a passion for the both of us now too, because of that, um, making sure that like no one feels alone and that they have at least something to, to go back to if they're not comfortable opening up to someone. There's, there's a few self coping mechanisms that you can try first, right? Like just taking a step and feeling like, you're not in it alone, but there's at least something you can do for yourself. So I think it's um, important to the both of us um, to, to kind of spread the word. And the baseball season um, gets in the way of getting a lot of these things done. So it's a slower process for us than probably we had wished, but we're getting there. Hey, that's all super exciting stuff. And I think I can speak for all of White Sox Twitter and you know, all White Sox fans that we just think it's amazing work you guys are doing. And we're excited to see kind of where it goes because, you know, Jake, you've, you've been through, through so much already and to just kind of seeing your mindset and kind of how you attack it. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty motivational. And, you know, as a, as a Sox fan myself, just seeing a guy like you kind of make it kind of go through what you did and come back and, 
be as good as you've been. It's, it's truly inspiring. So I, I know we can all sit here and say, it's just really cool to watch and we're excited to see what you do next, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. And you know, I, I said, obviously Ashlyn got me through, um, you know, this, this initiative push and stuff, but you know, when I was, when I was struggling with stuff, you know, White Sox fans were unbelievably kind to me and, um, you know, reaching out, giving me encouragement. So, you know, I couldn't, couldn't have gotten back without them as well. You know, at least in some sense, it felt like, uh, there were still people rooting for me out there when I was going through it. So I'm definitely appreciative of, of all the White Sox fans out there. Well, that's awesome, Jake. And, and before we let you go, we always like to ask if if you could for a quick little station ID. I mean, I can put the little uh, <clears throat> words up on the screen if you want, but it's something along the lines of, hi, I'm Jake Berger from your Chicago White Sox, and you're watching South Burbs Hitmen. Uh, if you need the, the words on the screen, I can put them up, or if you think you got <laughs> I, it. I would do it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm going to definitely need the words. <laughs> all right. Here, let me, all right. Uh, no. We'll, uh, I'll type them up here real quick. So hang on. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to see if you did do better than Liam. Liam Hendricks came on and he did the same thing. And his is really funny because he's got his Australian accent. Yeah. No, I so can't he, top so that. He was like, this is Liam Hendricks and you're watching Cross Town. Cross, and he was just so funny. So I'm not going to top that, but I'll, you no, know, yeah. I, I can add the, the flair to it, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Hang on, of course. <laughs> the lights in your room look great. Jake hasn't left this room in a day and a half, by the way. Jake, you oh, look boy. like you're playing some video games, and are you gaming at all? In yeah, there? yeah. Me and Dane Dunning have been playing a little Minecraft recently. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, nice. he's texting me about trading some iron for uh, like a name tag or something. I don't know if I want to do it. <laughs> Jake, Jake, you can make a lot of money. You can make a lot of money streaming Minecraft with Dane. That's, 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 that's what I'm business suggestions for free. <laughs> it's funny because I actually have bought all the stuff necessary Don't now to stream. It. And I've been telling Ashton, like, hey, this is gonna be like an off-season hobby for me. And she's like laughing at me every time I get something. It's like am usually I'm the one with like all the Amazon packages stacking up outside. And then Ooh. these last two days, I'm like this is worse than me. <laughs> All of a sudden, Dane Dunning is my favorite Texas Ranger. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not the only one who's been through that. I did this whole streaming setup. I thought this was just, I don't know. <laughs> Who would think that the athletes have the same problems as the regular guys? Like <laughs> We set up this streaming setup and our fiancés are yelling at us the whole yep. time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right all right jake all right. i can i can count you in we'll do the the classic i'll give you a three two one in just a second and then you can put your own spin on it but uh all right here we go i'll count you in here we go three two one this is jake Berger from your chicago white Sox, and you're watching south burbs hitman one take jake there it is there we i go. love it man there we go god i love it that was uh, solid not as good as Liam, though. No, it's never <laughs> the accent's too much, man. I can't. Yeah. I can't compete. I'm trying to think of anyone in Major League Baseball that would come on and do a better station ID than Mr. Australia himself. I know, right? <laughs> awesome. But we cannot literally think cannot thank you guys enough. It's been you're so generous to give us so much of your time, Jake and Ashton. We're so excited for you guys. One, becoming getting married, and two, you know, being parents. And Jake, we wish you nothing but the best of luck the rest of the season. Uh, before we let you go, do you guys have anything that you want to talk about you got coming up or did we cover all the bases? No pun intended. 
<laughs> no, I, think I think we covered all the bases. When Jake's yeah. uh, streaming channel is live, I'm sure he'll love to reach out to you guys to put that baby oh, yeah. up. My DMs oh, yeah. are open, Jake. I'll help you mine some iron and everything you need. Uh, I'll be your little worker. <laughs> you ever want to play some Pokemon? I'm your guy. Hey, <laughs> oh, I'm oh, my... on Pokemon. <laughs> Joe Kelly's got me absolutely hooked on it. Um, I have He's my Switch, influence. and like I'll play my Switch when I'm like falling asleep. And Ashton actually really likes it because she's like, "Hey, play Pokemon because it makes me go to sleep." And I'm like, <laughs> "I don't know how this is making you go to sleep. I'm dialed right now." So. <laughs> I'm locked in like I'm at the plate down three. Yeah. I'm sweating right now. <laughs> Quick, quick, it, parenting, quick parenting tip, Jake. The Switch is the perfect console when you have a baby. Because we, oh, yeah. we have a six-month-old, and you can play it in bed, and it's not on the TV. It's not bright. You lower the brightness. So you're set for <laughs> that. Great. There you it's go. huge. It's great to hear. There you go. <laughs> well, Pokemon, let's go, Eevee. <laughs> That's right. But, uh, of course, you can follow Jake at Burgatron13 on Twitter and Instagram. Also, JakeBurger30. Uh, you can follow Ashlyn at Ashlyn Carmella, both on Twitter and Instagram. Guys, we cannot thank you enough. It's been an absolute pleasure. Jake, rest of luck, best of luck the rest of the season. Ashlyn, uh, happy, healthy rest of the pregnancy. Thank and we you. have to see you guys again at some point next year. Sounds thank you so much. Well. Thanks for having <laughs> Thanks, us. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no night, problem. Guys. Thanks, guys. All right, have <laughs> a good you. night. You too. All right, thank you. All right. Wow. What a dynamite show, guys. What a dynamite guest. Jake and Ashlyn bringing the fire. Jake is a man. Pokemon fan, man. Like that kind of just made like my baseball season. That I'm is a jersey, <laughs> right? Like I, I might have just been convinced. Like get a jersey, go to the game next week, and just scream, Jake! I need you to sign this with your favorite Pokemon on it. Yeah, it, like they say, never buy like players' jerseys just because like you know never know what happened. Like no, this guy played Pokemon and his last name is Burger. Like who doesn't want that guy's jersey? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still kind of starstruck for how cool and down to earth Jake was. I mean, we knew it was going to happen. I mean, we had Ashlyn yeah. on; and she was the exact yeah. same. But man, I just uh, that's a guy you want to go sip sip some bourbon with. I I'm down with that for sure. Gonna we had to get some ribeyes in honor of Jake. That's for sure. Um, <clears throat> I was waiting for him to declare. I was waiting for him to declare whose side he was on with the ribeye versus whatever debate with potatoes. Uh, yeah, ribeye versus potatoes. I know he he mentioned it, but I was waiting for him to take Lance Lynn's side there. Well, you know, I think uh, I think that's a question for the next time we have him. But dynamite interview, Jake and Ashlyn. We'll say burger, Ashlyn Carmelo right now, but they're going to be the burgers. They got a little slider on the way. I didn't ask that question, but do you think they're ever going to consider naming their son Cheese? Probably not. Uh, yeah, that one, that one's that's a bad one. What about? Joe. I want you to think about what you've just done. On, on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break <laughs> and we're going to be right back so you guys can all forget about that. So here we go. Commercial break right now. Do you prefer the method of having uh, altering? Uh... No, no, because uh, Mark Trussman did that and Matt Nagy did that, and arguably they're the worst two coaches in the history of the franchise. <laughs> You're forgetting John Fox. He squeezes in there, baby. <laughs> uh, did Fox do that too? I, I think so. Uh, that put the C on Fields. 
and leave it there. Exactly. I, I, we're going to Baltimore. The Wire is the best show of all time. And I've never seen such riveting TV where I actually felt like I was in East and West Baltimore every single episode. And um, it was just absolutely riveting and captive, captivating from season one all the way to season, you know, to it finished up. And I put your detective up there. McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. I mean, come on. It was just so well shot, so well written, directed. Like, I, don't, I feel like it's underrated as far as that list goes. Really good. Hall, since I came here, has been expanded twice. Both times after we were gone, by the way. So <laughs> we never we never got it. But I mean, it was tiny. Do, do you think that uh, Olin Krutz would politely ask you to leave the weight room because it was so crowded? <laughs> you, of I told you what Olin would I told you what Olin used to say to me. I know, that's why I'm asking you. <laughs> no, and, and that was at five o'clock when there's, you know. There's no players around. Here, <laughs> oh, so- get the f- out of my weight room. <laughs> oh, and I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I got a commercial. <laughs> We are back. Thank you guys for joining us, being part of the Jake Berger, Ashlyn, Carmella interview. What a, what a show! I, I just, I just, wow! I'm, I'm lost for words, and I'm so excited. But we have a whole show to do now, and now we can kind of do a little breakdown. But Vinny, I, I have not been paying attention. You may or may not have. Do you have any idea what's going on in the home run derby right now? Yeah. So Albert Pujols had the biggest upset in home run derby history by beating Kyle Schwarber, who had the second best odds on basically every site I looked at this morning. And so that's impressive. The Cardinals stay beating the Cubs. And Julio Rodriguez is just putting on an absolute show. Uh, Those who don't know Julio Rodriguez, outstanding rookie, probably leading candidate for American League Rookie of the Year for the Seattle Mariners. And he's going up against the back-to-back defending champion Peter Alonzo Rodriguez is at 30 for the round bonus time's about to finish so Alonzo is going to have to hit 32 jacks in order to beat him it's not looking good for a three-peat there but um I want to say I'm trying to think of who else advanced you know while we were doing that Jake interview obviously Rodriguez obviously Alonzo uh Juan Soto's in it so it's just been it's been really fun actually to watch and they kind of had like a whole um not ceremony but like tribute to albert pujols when he took his time out because every guy gets one time out in their round and they like all went around it so i don't i don't know who's gonna win but it's been very entertaining so far i think jake was watching it too i was able to kind of see the reflection in his mirror it looked like he was watching the home run derby while recording hey man <clears throat> you gotta do what you gotta do <clears throat> And and Vince is a fan of your mustache. I I, I called you, I, I said the other day on put on your socks that you were entering the danger zone, like That's Top right. Gun. 
That's you know, right. That's going to be your theme song every time you open the front door in the morning. I like it. Vinny yeah. looks more so like Nestor Cortez with that mustache. Nestor Cortez. Okay. I could see it. I see the vision. I think I got a bigger head, but that's probably just because my brain is so huge compared to his. <laughs> Vinny looks like somebody I wouldn't want to meet in a back alley with that much. <laughs> I like or, that. In a, or in a park. Yeah. Nah, At a rest stop. That's a that's a that's a bad joke. We're not gonna we're not gonna go into that territory. <laughs> but uh, no, it's been a it's been a heck of a week, guys. Uh, the Sox take three out of four from the Twins. They look like they're alive, which they are. Um, they've got a new sense of that uh, they, they they believe in themselves. I can see it. The offense is scoring runs. The the, the pitching, aside from Lance Lynn, has been off the charts. Good. I'm excited. I know we all are. Man, it's hard to believe we're still we're we're at 500. We're at the, we're at the All Star break. I mean, Vinny said it best this morning. Put on your socks. I mean, things are trending up. It's a good way to to kind of end that. It's even though we're past the halfway point, it kind of feels like the official first half. It's like now let's go into the second half with this favorable schedule and get it done. Yeah, just go ahead. Yeah, I was going to toss to you. Take it away. And you're coming in a little hot, so I'm going to lower your mic. (laughs) I was saying, just the way they started last week on the road in Cleveland, they they lose the first two games, and you were really bummed out that they were going to lose a series, and they bounce back, tie it up, and then they take two of three in Minnesota. Um, That's just a hell of a way to get the confidence going into the break. And I think Andrew Vaughn, I thought, was the best hitter of last week going into the break. And I'm hoping that the break doesn't slow him down because. That's a bet you need to keep on fire, um, especially coming off the All-Star break and another key series again versus Cleveland. Um, just, man, this is exciting. And you can tell that uh, Jake was really fired up and the confidence must be flowing in that clubhouse right now. Um, now just to mention that Jake's a great guy to have in that clubhouse because I know that report last week was bogus, but um, I'm just glad to see the guys rolling right now. Yeah, it's it's it gives us White Sox fans a lot of uh, of peace, and uh, the excitement gets gets flowing a lot easier now that you kind of know that vibe. I don't know about you guys. I was I was interested to hear that his big mentor was was AJ Pollock. Uh, were you guys surprised to hear that? But I mean, I guess I'm not because he's he's a seasoned vet. I mean, he's been there, he's done it. Um, him and Jake, I could totally see that now that I think about it out loud. But Zim, were you surprised to hear that? Yeah, for a couple reasons. Like, first off, you know, Pollock wasn't even there for most of spring training. You know, he was a pretty new addition to the team. Um, so to hear him that he kind of came in, you know, and I, I guess to Jake, that doesn't really mean much, you know, being that this is his first full season with the squad as well. Um, but it's just kind of surprising to hear that a guy came in, you know, to a brand new situation and was still willing to to take the rookie under his wing and and teach him how it's done. And, you know, on top of that, I was a little surprised because I hadn't really considered, you know, he talked about the proximity to the other players being the reason why he was close with some of them, you know, like, like Joe Kelly having the locker next to him and AJ Pollock being right next to him in the batting order. You know, that's something I hadn't really considered um, that, you know, we all, for some reason, you know, I, I in particular have brought up and I know we've all talked about, you know, Eloy and Pito being right next to each other in the lineup, making a big deal. Um, you know, Pollock and Berger being next to each other in the lineup. Yeah, it makes sense that they would, hey, what'd you see? You know, well, I saw this. Well, this is what I saw you do. 
but this is, you know, what I saw. Oh, well, okay. And, you know, build off each other from there. You know, you, you do that in a locker room and it's these things that you forget when you're away from the game, as long as all of us have been, you know, from our playing days versus now. Yeah. And just no. to add Zim, I think the biggest surprise for me was when I asked that question about the defensive um, focus of him right now, he talked about Joe McEwing and that's something I did not foresee him even saying. And um, for as hard as <laughs> Joe McEwing has had a bad rep of, you know, on White Sox Twitter with the sends that he's had this season, um, I'm really great to hear that um, from a guy like that, a coach like that at that level of the coaching tree there really help him on the defensive side of it and mentality side of it. Yeah. It, it kind of reminds you of that dimension that we don't really see as fans, you know, that, that there is this coaching staff that goes deep that we acknowledge. Sure. But we don't really consider the same way the players do. And, and to hear, um, hear that it really does go that deep, um, you know, between veteran leadership and coaching. Um, but Hey, let's keep talking about coaching in our next segment here. Uh, talk about the general manager or the general manager. Well, we're probably going to talk about the general Close manager. Enough. Let's be real here. We're going to end up talking about the general manager at some point tonight, but right now we'll focus on the manager in LaRusse's locker. It was an interesting week for Tony Larusa. He had some brilliant moves and he had some stinker moves. He continues to leave Lance Lynn in a little bit too long each start, even with him struggling right now. Um, maybe it's just to eat innings or whatever it is. But Vinny Parisi, I'll let you tee off since you always are very opinionated about Tony Larusa. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about his? What do you think about his handling of 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 Lance and and the rest of the lineup this week? I didn't hate the handling of Lance. He had a five run inning in like the second. And then he kind of was good from there and didn't give up any runs. Like I'm not worried about Lance people saying like Dallas Keuchel 2.0 stop. Okay. Dallas Keuchel's ERA was like 15. Okay. Lance Lynn's worst start is him giving up five in an inning. It still and, is. And yeah. And the white, like you could see Lance Lynn and Dallas Keuchel are going to age two totally different ways. One is heavy, fastball three different variants of a fastball those age better than um you know location soft tossers like dallas keichel or you know not everybody could be greg maddox but like he, he was a soft toss like guys like that and i don't know if ozzy woke Larusa up or what because this team literally like turned it around when he called him rick renneria with credentials and then john hey Heyman called him out on twitter and then those two got in a fight ozzy Gian literally challenged him to a boxing match like 2005, 2022, Ozzy's still the guy igniting this team with his comments to the media. So that was awesome. You know, what are they five and one since he did that? It, it obviously it probably literally has nothing to do with it. Six but and two. Six and two. Okay. So like he, it was brutal in the first, that first game of the double header. There were a couple moves TLR made that I was just like, what are you doing? But then, you know, I was listening to a conversation that he had. I can't remember who it was that was talking to him. It might've been Len Casper. And he talked about like going into the Giants series, how this was like a big upcoming stretch for them. You got the giants on the road, um, all that sort of jazz. And then pretty much since then, they've been pretty good. Those two first games against Cleveland were awful. Um, 
the second one, I, I can't remember exactly even what it was. There was something I was mad about at TLR for that game. But then they came out in the second one. And from that moment, the mood kind of changed around this team. And I like where they're at right now. I, the only thing that concerns me, Cleveland, Minnesota, they went, what, in that they lost two in Cleveland and they lost one in Minnesota. But they, they, won, they tied the first series. They won the second one. I kind of – I'm worried about home field for the White Sox. And it should be opposite. Yeah. Like, they've been awesome on the road. Killed the Giants. Figured it out against the Guardians. Killed the Twins. By the way, the Twins suck. They if do. The White, if, the White they Sox suck. Don't win, if the White Sox don't win the dis- division, whatever you think of the manager, whatever you think of the general manager, in spite of both of them, they should be able to beat the freaking Minnesota Twins because that team stinks. Their bullpen's awful. And – they might be one of the only teams in the league with a consistently worse manager because freaking what's his name has just sucked all Rocco Baldelli, right? Rocco Baldelli. I cannot believe he left Joe Smith in the seventh inning to give up three home runs yesterday. Like, what are if TLR did that? I think I would, I think I would lose my mind. And so, you are. I don't know what you think of the Royals manager, T- Terry Francona. To me, is the best manager in the division, but. You know, as far as comparing the teams to the division, because that's really all that matters at the end of the day, I like where the team's at right now. They're playing all right, and what are they, second since June 2nd in run scored? So that's that's not an excuse anymore. It's time to get on track, you know. So I think we all feel a little bit better. Chris, I know you're a a Tony defender. Um, he's been, I don't have, I don't have a lot of criticism for the past week. I mean, even that game we lost in Cleveland with Martin pitching, Martin looked good. You know, yeah. the offense just didn't come through that game. So, so Gonzo, what do you, what do you think of, of, of TLR? And I'm curious, what do you think about the reports that he'll be back next season? I'll just off, uh, add off of Vinny here. When it comes to Mac, that Max Muncy decision, I just want to add that that's not the only situation that happened across the league in that particular situation. Cause Chuck even brought it up last week in a broadcast or with a podcast with uh, I think it was Dan Hayes when they were talking the Minnesota series coming up and it was Rocco Baldelli. Dan Hayes said this, that they walked Mike Trout on a one, two count. And then Justin Upton right behind him hits a bomb. So it's just, interesting. you know, sometimes you just kind of have to face the L off of a decision that you have in a key situation. Um, but from this past week, I question that decision of moving Cease back, not squaring up against Bieber, and that panned out really well. Yeah, it worked um, out really well, yeah. That turned that series around, split it, and then they go on the road in Minnesota, and really, I just love how he used Lopez and Jimmy Lambert out of bullpen in certain situations and really just flat out took that series um, and the offense – finally came awake. Uh, I think you just, I think you would just see a different perspective off of this team, specifically with Tony, if the players just, like I said, come back to the, the regression of the mean, because they, for the most part, they've been underperforming for most of the season. Um, so yeah, we're about to find out um, what's going to happen here. Cause you have a key season uh, division series versus Cleveland, another four game stretch with them over this upcoming weekend. And, I mean, I'm with you, Joe. I think the Twins are going to drop pretty fast here. And I think I have to go back and look at it. But I think Cleveland has like five or six games that they haven't played yet. So 
and they're only I think half game in front of us or a game, but it's a half game, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, I think they're the ones to keep an eye on down the stretch with the Sox here. Um, I'm not too thrilled with their pitching besides Bieber. We'll have to see what their GM does with adding pieces to their rotation that they need. Um, but I think, yeah, if, if the if the talent on this roster performs, you should eat, like I think what AJ Przinsky says, you should easily win the division. Um, I think AJ said double digit uh, games, but um, you'd like to hey, see. It's it. not impossible. Yeah, they, I mean, they could still do it. I, I, hey, at the if they keep up the current win rate that they've been at since June first, they would actually win ninety games. And yeah. that's and, and to be know, honest with the trade deadline, possible. with the trade deadline a week away, um, let's just face it. I mean, like Joe, you you asked uh, the question with uh, Tony and that extension. I think the original report was three years, so he was going to get that third season. I know there's a lot of heat on Tony, but as long as the guy, you know, the t- it's really up to the players here um, on how uh, Tony's journey is going to come to an end. Um, we'll just have to see, but I'm really hoping that Han at the deadline makes some moves to be a buyer because with how the rotation is set as it is, I don't think, I personally believe the Sox are going to win the division still and still make the uh, AL Championship Series. But with how the rotation is set up right now, I don't see them dominating a series versus Houston or, or the Yankees. And they need another arm, top-end arm, to be up there in that rotation to square up against these lineups. And like another at bat. Yeah, I mean that's that's if you want to win in the championship window by Han. So I'm the, really looking. The question for this. me that comes up is, you know, can they manage it differently than they did last year? Because to this point, it feels like it's been managed relatively the same way. You know, a lot of the criticisms we've had of Tony up to this point is a lot of the same questions that we had last year. The difference is in every situation that it's been kind of a coin flip. It's come up tails instead of heads this year and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like there's been a lot of um, a lot of questionable situations and there were last year too. The difference is last year it seemed like guys came through and this year they didn't. So yeah, to, to what you've been saying for a little while here, Chris, like to a certain extent it is the players. But I think the question comes into play of like how do the players respond to the situation that the manager puts them in did the manager put them in the best position and this last month you know particularly the last week you know the double header switch of of cease and davis uh excuse me uh davis mills is his name so between cease and mills um the switch the you know two day ahead of time switch relatively last minute actually paid off really well and it's something I don't think Tony would have done last year. So I think that, you know, we are turning a little bit of a corner here. Players are responding to being putting put into these positions. You know, Dylan Cease has lower than a one ERA in the last 30 days. Um, no, sorry. Ridic- in the last ridiculous. 50 days. I believe it's since June 1st and we're in mid-July now. Was it 10, um, the last 10 starts, I think, something like that? It's It's been quite a while. Um, he, he is putting up, you know, Jake Arietta had that magical season for the Cubs several years ago. Uh, Dylan Cease is having a better season than that at this point in time. And nobody is talking about it. Um, and I think that's kind of sparked this team. I think it's sparked some of the 
leadership's decision makings along the way as well. Um, seeing like, okay, we have our ace up against their ace, but it's his regular day to pitch and we have a double header. Let's put him in a position to win instead of putting him in a position to battle. Like, who cares if we lose to Cleveland's ace? As long as we even up the series, like, yeah, you better be damn sure you're going to win game four in that situation because you basically just punted on game two. And that is a little frustrating to an extent. But at the same time, like, what else are you supposed to do in that situation? Who else do you have to throw? I think Tony actually managed that situation really, really well. Um, again, I think it's something that he wouldn't have done last year. I think that last year he would have gone ahead and just put Cease in that situation and said, go show me what you got. And it's it's to show his adaptation to this team's learning style, to this team's level of competitiveness. Oh, yeah. That this isn't the team, you know, and I, I don't want to say this as a slight to them. This is in no case an indictment of the team. It's merely to say that this is their playing style. This is their winning style. This is uh, their leadership style. They're not a team that you put head to head, you know, best guy to best guy and say, go get them. They, they just, they've shown they're not going to succeed in that situation. <laughs> what you do is you say, take your lumps when you're going to take them, but you yeah. better be damn sure you're going to win the secondary situation. If, if you're not going to be able to win when I know that you should win, I'm not going to let you take your lumps. If that kind of makes sense. Like, and perhaps, unless you become a dud. Perhaps <laughs> uh, he didn't put Cease up against Bieber because he knows that that would just turn up into a bullpen game. And you right. want to go into extras when you're going into this full week of games. If it's going to be a bullpen game anyway, why not just throw out the guy you've used as an opener rather than a starter and let the bullpen do its thing anyway? Like, no, I think it was really, really well handled. Um, I've been very critical of Tony La Russa this, this season so far um, for a lot of the same reasons that I praised him last year. And I'll be the first to admit the hypocrisy of it. But at the same time, uh, when you're a passionate fan who just wants to see their team win, you want to see them win and you don't really care how it gets done. Uh, but I tell you how it doesn't get done. And that is with a few Adam duds along the way. You suck. You suck. Suck. Stupid. Lousy. No excuse. What a dud. What a total, total dud. Uh, yes, that's the voice of Tony LaRusa saying stupid, lousy, no excuse. And there was a handful of bad, bad apples this week, but it was pretty good performances across the board for the most part. There's a couple uh, obvious nominees here, but I don't know. Gonzo, we'll toss it to you first. Who's your Adam Dud of the week? Um, Vinny brought him up actually. Um, and I got to go with the uh, Lance Lynn and that start where he could have swept the twins. Um, and it's hard to really blame him as much as I have to right now, just because this, he's still under a month from when he came back from his injury and he still needs to get that arm going. And he had a great start at Oracle, but I need the, I need Dylan Lance to just shove it and, pitch the best capability that he can with what he has at the moment. Um, Cause there was, you're just leaving pitchers right over the plate and key situations for the, to get barreled up on um, when you're facing a, a what was it? Uh, Vinny, is it a res? Arise? Arise. Luis Arise. Arise. Yeah. You gotta, 
you know, pitch the corners on this guy. He's, he's on fire right now. You don't want to leave anything over the plate, especially middle in for him to turn on. And that was a key bomb at that. Event. I think it was what, a three run bomb Vinny. Yeah. And yeah, just that's tough to overcome. And I was really hoping Lance would bounce back. Not that I'm ever going to give up on him. Cause that's a guy that I know is going to turn the corner here. Probably mid August, mid to late August when that, when he, when that shoulder and knees really feeling good, um, he's got down the stretch is going to eat innings. So I know the best is yet to come for him, but for this past week, I had to give him my Adam dud. Yeah. And, uh, I think we're all probably aligned there. <clears throat> There's a few other bad performances though. Uh, Vinny, who you got for your Adam dud? You, you going to go with the same buddy, same guy, or what you got? Well, you know, I was going to go with Lance just because <sighs> I think that's like, it was the key between being one game out of first place and being uh, three games out of first place going into the break, to be frank with you, was that one bad inning. And then, of course, he gave up the home run to a rise, too, which it was, I think the final was six to three. And, you know, I like Gonzo said, I'm not giving up on him. The same people who are giving up on Lance Lynn gave up on Lucas Giolito a month ago. And since he had a string of five bad starts, and he's been pretty damn good since. So, like, you know, these are guys who can all be aces. They can all be Cy Young Award winners. We've seen it. The odds are Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito's names are still – well, Lance Lynn might not be anymore just because he came in late. But, like, all their names are on the odds for the Cy Young. They have four guys who could be an ace on any given night. So, enough with the Lance Lynn's. And Johnny Cueto's been sick too. So, you know, I, I'm not too worried about Lance. Uh, we'll see how he plays pitches in the second half. Got three – two more years left on his deal after this one. So, we're going to have some Lance Lynn in our lives for the next couple years. If I have to pick someone, it's been a good week. You know what? I'm going to pick Eloy. And Eloy's numbers, prob- they're probably not horrible. I don't even have them. They're pretty before. horrible. Okay. He didn't have enough at-bats. He didn't have enough at-bats. Part That's part of my issue with him. Though. But, okay, didn't have enough at-bats my ass. I'm sorry. He's one for 11. 14. One for 11. Sorry, we're not counting last Monday. Yeah, one for 11. That still ain't good. And the one always seems to be something sick. That's the thing. And he, like, brings people in with eye candy type of hits and stuff like that. For the most part, he hits the baseball 500 feet when he connects on one. But he's never going to pick it back up unless he could stay on the field. And that's just it. Exactly. And he's going to be fine. They didn't put him on the IL before the all-star break, they definitely would have if they thought he was going to miss a significant amount of time. I'm not saying he's going to play against the guardians on Friday, but I just, I want to love him so much because if the white Sox got an all-time hitter like Eloy and cease for Quintana, I mean, we'd be able to laugh about that trade for how many years? I mean, it would just be awesome forever. And I still believe it's going to happen for him, I, he just needs to stay. Okay, I'm not going to say I still think. I believe it will if he gets healthy and stays healthy. We saw guys b- battle injuries early in their career, and then they, like, figure it out, right? Like, they just figure out ways to get back on the field and stay healthy. I'm hoping that could be a lot. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you, Vinny. Tough week for Aloy. But I, I'm going to go with, with uh, Jake's buddy, A.J. Pollock. Uh, he had a brutal week, 0 for 20, one run, one walk. I mean, uh, it doesn't get much worse than this. I mean, he got walked. He got walked, and he came around to score, but he didn't do anything else. Uh, 
AD is in a bit of a funk. I know he's a guy that they acquired for a postseason run because he's got the experience, but uh, just a bad week for AJ. Uh, hopefully he turns things around after the All-Star break. Uh, I think the All-Star break is good for everybody, so uh, I'm not over the top too worried here. But uh, I do have to say, though, there were a bunch of guys that did better than an Adam Dud type of performance, and that's what we like to call our put-it-on-the-board player of the week. Tell him, Hawk. Way back. He looks up. You can put it on the board. Yes! Yeah, so, I mean... Lots of good performances this week. I mean, I, I didn't even bother to pull. There's so many good performances, I couldn't just pick one. I mean, I think it's hard not to pick Dylan Cease this week, um, but I'm not going to pick Dylan Cease. I'm going to go. Go ahead, Tim. You can take him. I don't know where you were going with that. I'm just mad. You know, you know where I'm going. You're not going to pick Dylan Cease because uh, I, I had Dylan Cease last week. Go ahead. Um, about him. No, where are you going, Lou Bob? I was going to talk about Lou Bob. Yeah, yeah, that's where I figured. I mean, he's he's had a pretty monster week. Uh, thank you. You got the stats there for me. I was about to pull them up. The two homers. I mean, Josh Harrison has just as many. It's it's the lack of strikeouts and the six ninety two batting average. Like that's just monstrous. I mean, th- that feels unreal. It's it's a lot of base hits. Like his slugging percentage isn't super high as you would expect with a 692. Um I mean it's it's at a it's at a 1.308. Yeah. His OPS is above two, which is monstrous. That's insane. But that mostly comes from that high batting average. Anytime you have a high batting average, you're gonna have a high on base percentage, which is gonna make your OPS massive no matter what. Um it's 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 awesome. I wish he had more RBIs to speak of with that kind of average. Um, but that's, you know, not his fault. Uh, that's the guys in front of him. And, you know, again, I'd like to see his slugging percentage be higher with that high of a batting average. Um, you know, a 1308 slugging percentage is insane. But when you consider a 692 batting average, like, again like to see it just a little bit higher i'm getting really nitpicky about this okay but when you have a player of the caliber of luis robert who's having a week like this i feel like you're allowed to be a little bit nitpicky right like sure we could sit here and praise him and just be like oh my god he's the greatest thing ever he's batting almost 700 or we can say yeah he's batting 700 but he could still be better and i feel like that's a legitimate thing to say and that's what's awesome about this dude is like we get the pleasure of watching a guy hit 700 and having a legitimate conversation afterwards of being like, yeah, but he's better than that. <laughs> yeah, he certainly is. So good, good choice there, Zim. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's hard not to talk about Dylan Cease and I will let someone else talk about Dylan. Doug. Gonzo, Gonzo likes to, to talk about Dylan all the time. So we'll go ahead and let you talk about Dylan's performance over the past week. I'll actually let someone else. I was going to go with uh, Andrew okay. Vaughn. All right. Well, let's, Although I will do you say, want to talk about him or I can talk about Cease? Doesn't matter. You can talk before, about Cease. Before Joe says anything about Cease, I just want to say I was back in April saying this was our ace. But anyways, um, 
Yeah, I'll let you go with C's after me, Joe. Uh, Andrew Vaughn, for me, has to be my player of the week. I put on the board player of the week. He, uh, in the last four games in Minnesota, he had two ribbies, and he, at least two ribbies in each game. And I think that last game he actually had three ribbies. But he was on fire. And like I said earlier, that's a guy I want to see not get cold after the break and continue to rip it because the progression that we've seen from Vaughn going into this season has been amazing. Um, I, I feel it's been equivalent on the off side, off or on the offensive side of it, like ceases on the pitching side of it. Those are two guys that people want to get rid of not even a year ago. And that's a position player that you want in this franchise for the rest um, of his tenure here. He's going to get, get the reins from Pito upcoming soon here, likely. Um, and no, we're going to trade him for Frankie Montas. <laughs> that's just an oh, everyday player. Sake. That's an everyday player that I want to see in this take the first baseman hype for the rest of uh, his tenure here because to go from Pauly to Pito to uh, Vaughn is something amazing. And, uh, yeah, I want to see Pito get a Hall of Fame introduction in the next couple of years here. Um, Pauly didn't get it, nor did Burley, but um, first baseman has first base has been pretty special for this franchise. It sure has. I'm excited about the future. And <clears throat> speaking of the future, I will talk about Dylan Nasty Cease. Last seven days, two and zero. He's pitched 12.2 innings, only six hits, zero earned runs, 17 strikeouts, and only five walks over those two starts. Dylan has been the definition of ridiculous. His whip is 0.87, a batting average of 140 against him. This guy is just flat out filthy. Um, for him not to be an all-star is a travesty. Um, you know what? But let him use that fire and burn it the rest of the way. If he if he doesn't make the all-star team but he wins the Cy Young, he can just flip the bird off to everyone on the all-star committee or whoever makes that decision. So, um yeah, Dylan Cease is unbelievable. I uh, do have to say, just just utterly impressed with what I've seen out of Dylan. And I'm excited for the second half. Uh, but if you guys had to pick, who had a better week? We'll talk. You know what? We'll get into this later in the pick to click because I have yet to decide who decided who won. I, I had Lou Bob, Zim had Cease. I can't figure out who won, but we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Before we get to Vinny's, put it on the board, player of the week. Yeah, so I really like what Dylan Cease did. Like that that's ace type stuff, right? He only gave up six hits the the over the span of 12 innings and five walks over 12 innings. The walks were one thing that concerned me like during his run where he was really good there in the middle there, but he still his walk rate was still high. He always got out of he always pitched around the walks, but it was still concerning to me because if you walk a bunch of guys and then you do give up like that lucky blooper hit, then run score. And, you know, that's that's never a recipe for success. But Dylan Cease, the walks are down. The strikeups, strikeouts are, have been up all season long. There was that one game. Dylan Cease's worst game of the season was a game where he had like 10 strikeouts, like the game against the Yankees. You know, he's fanning people when he's creating outs you know, good batting average. But when I look at a guy like Johnny Cueto, I basically see the exact opposite of Dylan Cease for a good pitcher. Dylan Cease looks like an ace, lots of swings and misses, making guys look silly. But Johnny Cueto, he just goes out there and he gives you a professional number five, number five, you know, type of outing. And you're not going to get the flashy stuff. He's not Johnny Baseball anymore. 
but he just goes out there and gives you that little punch. And I take a little bit of stock in what game he pitched that well in. It was the first game in the series against the Minnesota Twins, okay? You're setting the tone of the most important series, not counting playoffs, of Tony La Russa's tenure. Talking about the, like the last two years, that was the single most important series of the entire time. And Johnny Cueto went out there and he just did exactly what he needed to do to pick out a grimy win. And the offensive, the offense gave him what they needed. Michael Kopech came out the next night and was good. And, you know, Lance Lynn kind of stunk on Saturday, but then Dylan Cease was magnificent on Sunday. You can be a tone setter when your number five guy goes out there and gets you a quality start and a good win, and then you know you got your horses coming up after him. And one of your horses failed you, but you know what I mean. Like, if you if they would have lost with Cueto, you would have been like, okay, the number five got the loss, but you still got Kopech, Cease, you know, whoever coming up after. This guy sets the tone, gets you a win. That's why they took three or four. So I'm giving it to John Cueto. I really feel like they can win every game now with our staff. That's that's how exciting it is to watch these guys. So if Lance Lynn, if Lance Lynn, he doesn't have to be third in Cy Young voting, but if Lance Lynn can be a Johnny Cueto, the White Sox have the best staff in the division. We can talk about the best staff in the league, and pitching should never be the reason they lose. So that that's where I'm at with Johnny Cueto. Guys, Joe, if you don't have segment music queued up for for Zim's little rants yet, like we should probably start getting that because I'm about to go on a small one here. And Gonzo, I know you've got some stuff to throw out, but I I, I promise I know this is going to be relevant. Look, I just I freaking love Johnny Cueto. I have loved him since he was in San Francisco. He is just a down and dirty rear back and let it go kind of guy. And and he reminds me so much of, of Lena's career, Greg Maddox, where he's not going to blow you away, but he's going to put it right where he wants it every single time. And he's really going to come out and give you everything he's got. And that's why I've always liked him. You know, I've always liked these, these kind of players, you know, another former giant Hunter Pence, these kind of guys that just get down and dirty and they're just willing to put it all out there and they're willing to throw down every day and give it all to their team. And, and this Johnny Cueto deal feels different, right? This is another guy who's sort of in the twilight of his career coming to Chicago, but this isn't Manny Ramirez. This isn't, yeah, remember Manny Ramirez played for the White Sox for those like 40 games? Yeah, <laughs> this isn't Ken Griffey Jr., all right? This isn't, uh, who, who is another guy who came to the Sox at the end of his career? I don't know. They've had a Jimmy, lot of Jimmy Rollins. There you go. Jimmy Rollins Ken is a great Griffey one. Jr. I love Jimmy Rollins when yeah. he was in does, Philadelphia. Does, does this music great. suffice for you, Zim? Do you like it? Hey, man, whatever works. You're the producer don't, here. Don't forget Omar Visco. <laughs> Omar Vizquel, well, I think he played just about everywhere in the twilight of his career because the twilight of his career was 25 years. But <laughs> look, this Johnny Cueto signing, like it, it felt different when they made it, especially with the way they handled it. They really took their time. They brought him along slowly. They made sure that he was ready for this club and not just that he was ready for this club, but that this club was ready for him. Right. Especially because we were all concerned about Keiko. We all knew what a bad end he had to last year. And he started off this year just as bad. And I just, Johnny Cueto feels like sort of the missing piece for this starting rotation. Right. And, and it's so crazy, especially because, you know, I compared, um, I compared 
Michael Kopech to Freddie Garcia earlier this season and in a comparison to the 05 club. All right, well, well, how about Johnny Cueto in a comparison to El Duque, right? Orlando Hernandez. I'm sorry, was that his name? No. I, I, I just remember him as El Duque. But, I mean, how about this guy is that kind of addition to this club? And it really sucks that this team hasn't been more dominant so that we can make that one-to-one comparison from 05 to now, especially if by some miracle they make this run actually count for something and go deep into the playoffs. But this this Johnny Cueto signing, man, it's, it's one I've wanted them to make for about three years ever since he left San Francisco. I always felt like he had something left in the tank. Um you know, especially because um, they didn't make the move on Tim Lincecum when he was trying to make his comeback a few years back. Uh, and and they were both just freaks out there in San Francisco. You know, Tim Lincecum got the nickname, but Johnny Cueto held it down right behind him. And it's just awesome to see. So I'm sorry. That's my little rant about all of it. Johnny Cueto is the man for this team. He's really locked down this uh, this rotation. He's really helping some of the younger guys on this team find their footing because they know they can count on him. You know, they know they can come off a good game the day before when he's pitched. It's like, you kind of forget he's there. He's, he's done such a good job. And that's exactly where you want the number five to be. Like Vinny just said a little while ago there, that that's what you want out of a number five is exactly what Johnny Cueto has given you. I love that. Gonzo, you had some quick stats, and then we'll move on. I, I yeah. briefly want to mention update. Juan Soto has advanced to the home run derby final versus Julio Rodriguez. Uh, that's going to be an awesome one. So keep keep it on in the background when you're watching us. <laughs> and just to make it clear, Zim, uh, I mean, I do have a theory on Cueto when it comes to the postseason. I'll, we'll have to bring that up another time because – I think there's a good role for him to bring him out of the bullpen in the in the uh, postseason to pitch in the hey, fifth or fifth and that's sixth. What they did with Duke, man. To get key outs, he's got the experience in the postseason. I'd love to see him do it. Go four man rotation, bring him out as the first pitcher out of the bullpen to get key outs. Um, but anyways, a friend of the show who's been on the show several times made a tweet with Ryan McGuffey, and it's a tweet I love to see because Dylan sees. I I, I hate hearing ace-like stuff the dude is your ace all right um let me give you a stat here granted this is his first half but dylan sees his 9-4 record 2.15 era 150 strikeouts and that is first in the al and k's that is third in era he's first in k per nine and he's fourth in batting average those batting average batting averages against I don't know what to tell you guys. I mean, that is just unbelievable. And I would perfectly be fine giving up an all-star representative to him if he can go out there and get the Cy Young. Um, the guy's on he's gonna be on a mission. And I didn't get to see Chris Sale get a Cy Young when he probably should have gotten it. I can argue for getting it twice. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. Um, I'd argue that Chris Sale could have gotten it twice. And I I, I don't know if it's because the the nation is against, you know, any Chicago teams, but um, I'd really love to see Dylan go and get it, bail it out, and take it over, whoever he's going up against here. And um, with the Rays, uh, McKeon, or what was it, McLennan, is it, Vinny? But, um, McClanahan. McClanahan or Garrett Cole or whoever you want to toss up against him. But 
I just think Cease has got a good shot at it right now, and I'd, I'd be fantastic seeing him get it and leading the Sox team to uh, the postseason. Look, just a really, really quick uh, aside from that. You know, we mentioned the stats. We mentioned how good he's been. And then we look at our ourselves. We have to kind of turn this inward a little bit. White Sox fans kind of have to blame ourselves for Cease not making the All-Star game, as far as I'm concerned. I, I know I'm throwing this little nugget in at the hour and a half mark in our podcast tonight, but there's my hot take for the evening is that, you know, we we collectively, I know it's not everybody, but we've made enough of a stink. <laughs> Thank you for the music, Joe. We have made enough of a stink as a collective fan base about our team, about how they're not good enough, how they're not living up to expectations, about how they deserve to be number 18 in the power rankings or whatever, about how Tony Russa has let us all down. You know, the nation does see that. They don't just look at the team and look at the stats and say, yeah, he's been pretty good. We should make him in the All-Star game. Unfortunately, the fans play a heavy part in that. And when we've made as much of a stink collectively, we've got nobody to blame but ourselves as White Sox fans. So, um, you know, and, and I'm just as guilty as anybody else. I have said some damning things on this podcast so far this season. And, uh, you know, you probably I, all I, have. I still stand by some of them. I still stand by the fact that this team uh, ha- has to pull its head out of his ass a little bit more still. We're, they're close. They're close. But now they got to keep it out of their ass, you know? <laughs> so uh, Yeah, okay. Um, I've said Sheesh. my little bit. Uh, speaking of pulling their heads out of their asses, let's see if they can keep it up uh, this next week after the All-Star break in White Sox Weekly. Yeah, so of course we have the All-Star break this week and the White Sox are off until Friday. Gonzo, I don't know if you know what's going on with the pitching matchups or if you have predictions, but I'll let you take it away to break down the four-game series with the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, thanks, Joe. This is uh, White Sox Weekly presented to you by Gonzo on the South Burbs Hitman. Game one, we have a four-game series at home here at Guaranteed Rate Field and doubleheader on Saturday. But in game one, and Joe, like you said, this is going to be all predictions by your man Gonzo here because we have yet to hear how they're going to go about the pitching matchups for the weekend coming out of the break. Um, I have a theory, and I think in the four games, you're going to see, I think you're, you're going to see Cease and Lynn flip-flopped so that Lynn starts um, versus the Rockies on Tuesday. But the four games I think is going to happen here, game one, that you have right there on the screen, Joe. I think it's going to be Cueto versus Cal uh, Qu- uh, Quindro, um, which I think you throw Cueto out there like what I think Vinny. I think Vinny said it, where you had I can't remember who said it, but someone said how Cueto started the series in Minnesota and that really represented how it was going to go. And I think you do the same way coming off the break, like Cueto started it with a key four game stretch here. And then you roll into the doubleheader. And I don't think you bring a Martin into this doubleheader. I think you go straight up two starters out of your rotation. And you go McKenzie versus Geo. Let Geo take game one. And then throw um, Moist Michael in the second game. 
of that series versus whoever they're going to go up against. Um, and then game four, you throw out Dylan Cease on Sunday and um, see who, who they're going to throw out game four. I would take a guess. Maybe Bieber might go up and throw him up, you know, against uh, Cease if that's how Tony's going to do it. Um, so and at the end of the day, we'll probably get the Bieber-Cease matchup that we, we didn't get a week ago. Um, but it, if that is how it shapes up, that would be a miraculous weekend series. And that's really a uh, division tuner for all of us uh, folks for the Central Division. Um, it's going to be a hell of a uh, run here if they set up like that. Um, I'm excited because for me, Cleveland's the one to keep an eye on because I put them out of Minnesota. And uh, you got to prove it here, Minnesota or not Minnesota, but Cleveland, I don't think they have the roster going to the season that they were expecting. Um, so you got to take advantage of them. And there's still games behind us played-wise, so it's important to at least win the series, take three or four. Yeah, and then the, the schedule is pretty promising as well. I want <clears throat> We talked about the Rockies a little bit, and I believe Zim's going to be at one of those games. Um, but then we get the Rockies, the A's, um, that's July. I got to finish going to August now. It's hard to believe we're almost in August. Then we go to KC, we go to Texas, KC, Detroit, Houston. That's a tough series. But then you got Cleveland again, KC, Baltimore, Arizona. Uh, just wanted to point out that this schedule is looking friendly for these guys. I've said it like 100 times this week. It's time to pounce. Have you looked at Minnesota's schedule too? I have not. Detroit, okay. Two games against them. Milwaukee will be better than them. San Diego's better than them. Detroit again. I think Toronto's better than them. The Dodgers, the Angels. Twins are better than the Royals. The Rangers could go either way, as we saw with the White Sox. Um, Houston, San Francisco, Boston, us, Yankees, Guardians. Their schedule was front-loaded in terms of or the White Sox schedule was front-loaded in terms of strength, and the Twins is back-loaded. So it's, I'm not saying it's going to even out. Both teams need to play good baseball in order to you know, ad- advance to the postseason. We saw the White Sox play like crap against the Rangers. We've seen them play like crap against the Tigers. Obviously, the Guardians and Twins were good lately, but just because you're better than a team on paper doesn't mean anything. But in terms of opponent win-loss percentage, it favors the White Sox, and it's not particularly close. What does Cleveland's schedule look like here? Cleveland's schedule over the next coming time. My problem with the Guardians is they're very streaky. You know, they'll win win five, six in a row, then lose six or seven in a row. That's my issue with them. But they got us for four, Boston, Tampa Bay. They're better than Arizona. Houston, I think they're better than Detroit. Toronto, Detroit again, us, San Diego, Seattle. So I would say theirs is harder too. And it's, again, not particularly close because they got those AL East teams. The White Sox are done with the Red Sox. The White Sox are done with the Jays. They're done with the Yankees. They're done with the Rays. Or no, the White Sox have one more with the Rays. I don't remember. But they're pretty much done with the AL East. They got the O's for one more, which is like the one team in the division you'd want to play. Although they're very good now too. So... Anything could happen with this division down the stretch. I'm I'm liking the White Sox chances, man. Yeah, me too, man. And <clears throat> yes, you are correct. I believe they play the Rays one more time in September. I'm double checking the schedule. Or no, they get San Diego at the end of September. 
Yeah, that was supposed to be the last series of the season until the stupid lockout. Yeah, they get San Diego, and then then they go to to Minnesota after that. Yeah, but, that Minnesota series was supposed to be opening weekend. I'm yeah, it's gonna be something else. That's it. that might mean something that last series. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I you know did you see they could put a couple pictures. They were very particular with some of the All Star Game pictures by uh, Buxton with uh, Tim Anderson. They did like a promo, and they also like took a couple pictures together. It's going to be a fun Chicago Minnesota blue collar division race. I'm excited about it. This is good, but it could just be a victory lap. You know, it very it very well could based on the schedules. I haven't seen enough from the White Sox yet to make me just fully believe it this last week was nice right but the week before that we all wanted them all dead so here's the thing and and i mentioned this earlier if they continue their current pace that they've had since the beginning of june right that's a solid six weeks here they're on pace for 90 wins yeah i mean that's something that literally two weeks ago i was sitting right here saying i don't know if this team's good enough to to rip off you know 50 of the next 80 games well, we're yet, gonna find out real quick. Yeah, yeah. I tr- I try to keep it on the boat, Zim. <laughs> it's all good. Look, sometimes you just gotta dip a toe in the water just to check, you know. <laughs> well, speaking of checking the statistics, pick the click. I gave it to Zim this week. He had Dylan Cease. I had Lou Bob. Cease was just unbelievable. So Dylan Cease, congratulations for winning and- Zim. Here's where I want to make my own case, just for a quick moment. I know you've already given it to me, but I just want to justify it because I, I feel the need to do so. Despite Luis Robert having an unreal uh, uh, week there, first off, like I said earlier, when he has a week like that, you still kind of want to see it be better. Second off, Dylan Cease outright won two games for our White Sox this week. Oh, yeah, he put us on did, his back. Did Luis Robert do that? I don't really think so. So that's just, hey. There's, there's my justification, my little victory lap there. Um, so that puts our current standings with Vinny at three. Gonzo still in the lead with four. Myself tied with Vinny for second at three as well. And Joe uh, in his rightful place and last with two. Per usual. That's where I Joe, finished last Joe year. Got, Joe got screwed, though. I, I believe Cease won in a landslide. Joe got screwed because his hitter had a extremely – high OPS and was just absolutely insane as a hitter. And then nobody was batting in front of him. Like that was kind of where he got screwed. He easily could have had 14 or 15 RBIs if just a couple other guys had gotten some hits. And I still think Cease would have won. That's how good. That's how good he was. was. And that's kind of what I'm alluding to here. Like Jake Berger kind of alluded to it. That feels like seven hours ago. He alluded to it when he said that it's going to light a fire under him to, you know, not be in the all-star game. It already did. Cease has had two starts since he found out he wasn't going to make it. Gave up nothing in both of them. So Cease is outstanding. Thanks, Cubs. I still think if someone someone had Andrew Vaughn, I think they would have a reasonable point. I I definitely agree with you on that. Gonzo, did you say you're expecting Cease to pitch potentially out in Colorado next week? No, I said I would put C's game four and then put okay. I'd flip flop Lynn. So right, Lynn's that's what I thought you said. I just wanted to uh, just wanted to clarify because honestly, if Cease isn't pitching, I don't know that I really care enough to go see them whip the crap out of an awful Rockies team. 
<laughs> I would go. I would go just to watch if Lance Lynn's on the mound. I'd go just to watch him yell. I I saw ball. Lance Lynn last year uh, get shelled against the Cubs. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't I know that I really want to go see him again as I seem to not uh, be on the, the, the good side for him. Well, and back then he was pitching good. Now he's not. So I can't imagine. Right. right. I honestly, I don't remember who pitched the next game. It might've actually been Cease. Zim, you got to go see the Sox no matter who's pitching. Come on. Yeah. It's supposed to be so hot, man. And it's supposed Lance to be might, so hot. Lance might bounce back for an Oracle start. You never know. Zim, Zim, who are you picking for your pick to click this week? For the this oh, week, sorry, for this weekend. Sorry, for this weekend, I'm going with Juan no Soto, who will be a White Sox by uh, Friday. Uh, what, what, Vinny? No show next week. Oh, shit. It is two weeks. All right. Oh, we yes, do we know. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going with Juan Soto, who will be a, a White Sox by the, by the time we have another show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> No, uh, in all honesty, man, you're gonna give me you're gonna give me another chance to pick Dylan Cease, who's gonna have two starts before our next show. Maybe three. Maybe three. Oh, that's so tempting. Oh, that's so tempting. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think I gotta go with uh I think I gotta go with Cease. Like I as like as that. much as I want to pick Vaughn or Lou Bob or a hitter, like Cease has just been so good for the last ten starts. Like you gotta ride the hot hand, man. You gotta can't argue with it. I like the pick, Zim. I'm gonna go with Andrew Vaughn. I like the RBIs this week, and I think he builds on that uh, this weekend and into next. And yes, update to everyone: we do not have a show next week. I forgot I'm going on vacation to New York, and Vinny also has a vacation. So, hence, we will take a break and return the following Literally, week. nobody wants to see the Zim and Gonzo show, so we're <clears throat> going to take a week off. Well, we don't have anyone We don't have anyone to direct and produce it, so <laughs> this is also a problem. I mean, right. minor details, minor details, right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> Gonzo, who you got for your pick to collect? So, Zeus and Vaughn are off the board. Um, yeah. I'll go with uh, Lou Bob. Love it. And the week that he's been hot, he's gone, I think, out or, uh, home versus Cleveland. I could see him having a little pounce, but then once he starts that week in Colorado where the ball's flying, uh, I'd like to see him, Lou Bob get going here for the next two weeks. Vinny, how about you? Who you got? I don't think who I pick is going to beat one of those three. You guys literally ran down my list there. Um, just because those three have been probably the three most consistent players on the White Sox in the last two or three weeks. And I always say about baseball, the ten, most 10 recent games is the only thing you can look at. People are going to look at the White Sox coming into the second half at 500 and go, the White Sox? We can beat that 500 team. Yeah, they're 7-3 and three in their last 10. That's the only thing to be looking at. So with my pick, I'm going to try and go out on a limb here and maybe pull a rabbit out of my hat. Do I'm going to pick Yasmani Grandal. Boo. Um, he's, on the injured list. he's on the injured list. He is likely to be activated this weekend against the Cleveland Guardians. And he's going to come back and hit balls to Pluto as he has been in AAA. So, who does he replace in your lineup then? Because we've already established that we think he's going to DH 
rather than play catcher with the way Sebi and Maguire have been passing it back and forth, unless you think that he's just the once a week catcher instead of Sebi. I would keep all three for that's what I'm saying. Yeah. For offensive purposes, because Reese is your best defensive catcher catcher. And when healthy and playing well, yes, Monty is your best offensive catcher. He's one of your best offensive players. Zim, I know you hate him for catching purposes, but there's no denying. Right. There's no, no denying what he's capable him. of doing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Leary Garcia's on the roster. He's the worst player on the roster. Do they DFA a pitcher? You know, I, I don't know. With expanded rosters, all three of them are playing for sure. But as of right now, I would keep Sebi and Yasmani. Can you can you DFA Garcia without uh, Berger coming back healthy? That will you just know? never like, happen as long as Tony Larusa is the manager, and that's not. Even I mean, that's for sure. That's just not it's, even me crapping on him. He loves him. That is an undeniable fact that he loves him. He it's more so to me like he is your best. I know that Tony doesn't like the term. He's your best utility guy. Yeah, he has and, a weighted runs created plus of like fifty. Yeah, when like a good player is a hundred. So, so, uh, so sheets hasn't been good. I mean, do you look at putting sheets down again? You can send sheets down, but you've cool. already used two options on him this year. Yeah, I was do you say really you, run the third option on sheets this year? They have to make a decision off of Reese and Sebi based off of the options right now. They can't go right. You, you almost have likely. to put Sebi down. You That's almost have to. Which really sucks, but like, what else do you do? You send Jimmy Lambert down. You send, uh, you send uh, Banks down. There's like you can't replace Nolan with a pitcher. You can't. Right. You, you know, gotta I, go, you gotta go Sebi because he's the defensive liability, and you want Reese because of his defense. It's it's an interesting conundrum right. to be in, and like, as much as I think a lot of us and a lot of fans don't really see an issue with the three catcher rotation, considering that Yasmani would be more of a DH than a catcher. Like, Let's be honest though. Are we really going to have three catchers after the trade deadline? I mean, who, and who the do you trade and what do you get for him? I don't know. Like just, if, just if, if that's the way that you're, if that's the way you're going with it, like Reese McGuire, you already traded for, right? So he's probably not going anywhere. Who's who's desperate enough for catching talent that they're going to take Sebi Zavala? I mean, and that's that's no knock on him. That's merely just to say, like, well, his role is what it is. What team needs that kind of role? Not I really. Think we, I think we said the same thing about Omar Navarez, and look what he turned out to be when he that's left. True. Yeah. That's true. That's so, true. But it was after is, he left. I mean, fast. we said the same thing about uh, what's his name, Zach Collins, the guy up in uh, on the Mets now, Blue Jays. My, my my thing is the thing McGuire's good at is far more sustainable than the thing Sebi's good at. That's just my opinion on that. Sebi's been great offensively, but am I expecting this for the stretch? Not necessarily. Reese but, is always going to be, at minimum, a pretty good defensive guy. And Reese's stick has been warming up lately, too. Sure, but Reese has also, seems like. Reese has also only been catching Kopech, hasn't he? Kopech, and I think he's got a couple starts with Giolito. Okay. I, I could be wrong on that, but I feel like Giolito always improved Giolito, might, might I add. Yeah. So yeah, what uh, what we all know is going to end up happening then is Zavala is going to end up going back down, and Yasmani is going to take his place on the roster and become your day-to-day catcher again and probably hurt his knee or, or his your day-to-day or something like that. And 
who do you put behind the plate then? You put Reese McGuire back there every day? You, you can't. He doesn't have the familiarity or the durability as far as we've seen so far. I mean, we'll catching every day is a lot harder mm. on a guy than a lot of people realize. Um, yeah, Reese is a left-hand bat. Okay, but but counter-argument, Yasmani's a switch. You know, well, Statistically, Reese is, is better with the pitching staff. Yes, yeah, 100%. That's absolutely and, true. But if you make Yasmani a DH – what are you doing with Andrew Vaughn? Because he's a dog shit left fielder and he's Gavin Cheech is not very good in right field. Andrew Vaughn's worse in right field than he is in left. Like, I don't, I don't know. The, 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 Unless you just going the other option is to trade sheets. I mean, you come up with some kind of trade partner for him. You, you sell him while his values, whatever it is, it's, it's not necessarily high, but it's higher than it was. Um, I mean, that's, that's the a problem. That's the problem Han created was you, you have to platoon your first baseman. Well, what I think, what you, I think built your, you built your roster on power. What I think you ultimately do is you set yourself up for a guaranteed take and you trade. But Joe, why don't you roll into guaranteed take? Thank you. And I will uh, continue this after <laughs> you ask our question this week because I have an yeah. interesting solution to all of this. Yeah, it's a, there's been hot debate already, but the debate's going to get even hotter in this week's Guaranteed Take. Yay! Yeah, so this week's Guaranteed Take, as Zim alluded to, Juan Soto is now on the trade market. Uh, turned down a massive deal from the Nationals. I wouldn't want to play there either. If we do make a move for him, which is probably a rarity, but if we do, what in the world would we give up, and is it worth it? Uh, Zim, I guess you were talking. I can let you finish your thoughts. But... So, yeah, like as long as we're on this train of thought of, like, do you trade somebody to make room for Yasmani to come back up? What if you trade Yasmani? What if you just eat, you know, you know, take your loss on the guy? Because um, it, it will be a loss when you get rid of him offensively, no matter what. If, if you trade him, you're losing something at the plate. But if you get a player back like Juan Soto in some kind of deal, you know, you, you send Yasmani Grandal, Gavin Sheets, um, you know, the... They want MLB-ready players. Okay, well, Gavin Sheets is in the MLB right now. Yasmani Grandal is the best offensive catcher in the MLB, or was at one point. Um, you know, who else can you include in that, you know? Vaughn Berger, as Vince has, there, has mentioned. There's no way that they would want to make a deal with us if we don't have Vaughn in there. I would be stunned. I would be as well. But I do think that if you just throw enough at them, eventually they say yes. So, okay, let's just unload all of our – okay, and, and and I know this is out there, but let's just unload all of the guys we don't want anymore on them, right? We'll get rid of Larry Garcia. We'll get rid of Yasmani Grandal. We'll get rid of Gavin Sheets. Guess what? You just got two day – to uh, you just got two everyday players out of that, right? You got a third guy who is developing young talent in the league, and who else can you throw in as a <laughs> – as a prospect, right? The Sox just drafted what four pitchers and a shortstop in the last couple of days. So there's 
no lack of young arms. I'm sure maybe you ship out Reynaldo Lopez. You know, maybe that's your linchpin in this whole deal. Oh, he's been so good. It would suck, right? <clears throat> but if you want a player like Juan Soto, like, okay, really it costs too much. That. It costs too much. Four, four for one. Four for one. I would be curious to see what it looks like in the trade machine. You know, which I know the MLB's trade machine is wildly different from any for what? Years. Two and a half years, right, Vinny? He's controlled? Yep. Yeah, it, it's not happening. I, I'm I, just I love Uzim. I love Uzim, but... <laughs> I'm just I, saying, I, Lopez, Grandal, Garcia, and Sheets for Soto, it's probably not happening, but I think that's an even trade. There's no trade that that would be worth it on our behalf. Vinny is just shaking his head. I'll, I'll go ahead and let you jump in there, Ben. I just think there's no chance. It would take Luis Robert. And to me, trading for Soto by getting rid of Luis Robert is counterproductive. You're taking a top 10 player for a guy who could be a top 10 player. Like you need, you need two guys like that to win the world series, right? Like you would think like the point of trading for Juan Soto would be to put them with every great player the White Sox have and their farm system sucks. If the White Sox offered their top 10 prospects, I think the nationals would say no. What about Eloy? It's, Eloy's always hurt. He doesn't have he doesn't have the value that he probably should at all. Hey, Vin, Vin, and I, I, I don't think there's anything the White Sox could do that doesn't involve Robert. Let's get this deal done beginning this uh, upcoming week here. Let's trade Grandal for Charlie Blackman. It's pretty even out contracts what? there. Why? <clears throat> no. Prospect. Why not? Why not? What is your fascination with Charlie Blackman, dude? Like, I, I don't mean this in a bad way. Defensive but... and the defense, because we need, drastically need. I would trade for him. I wouldn't give up Grandal for him, only because. I think, yeah, I think that's too because much. of the positions. And, like, I know he's he's not the best defensive catcher on the team, but he's a catcher that can hit bombs. And the White Sox, Sheet sucks at right field, and so does Vaughn. But. They're okay enough where you can put them out there if you have to, I guess. And yeah, I, I would trade for Blackman. I like Charlie Blackman. He but wasn't even he wasn't even a baseball player until he was like fifteen. I like his story right. is awesome. But nothing. No, Blackman's awesome. Nothing's guaranteed with Grandall coming off the knee injury here. He came off the knee injury last year though and was amazing. You know the Sox are banking on him yeah, doing that again. Look at what he did at the beginning this year. Right. No, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you, but for the same reason that I think they hang on to Yasmani Grandal. And the I only think reason why exactly... you want him is because of his walks, really, his on-base percentage. Right. But, but when he gets on base, he can't run. So why? I don't really care about his on-base percentage at that point. And, and Blackman can do the same thing, but he can run, even though he is a little older at this point in his career. You're absolutely right on and that. And he hits the pop, too, right now. The thing I just – I don't see the Sox doing with Blackman in particular – I don't think the Sox view right field as a need. I yeah, really I don't, don't think, so think they do. No, <laughs> right. Otherwise, you win, you need the defensive side of it. it. You do. You're like I'm not discrediting you at all in this in that regard, Gonzo. Like I do think that they need somebody there. I think that in order to win, you need to get better defensively, and I think that a guy with Blackman's skill set is definitely somebody that the Sox could use. The thing is, I only, I only throw him he's out old. The, con- the contract situation. It he's old, he's expensive. And again, I don't think the Sox value right field as a need right now, which, which is just silly because we've seen what they're putting out there day to day. 
Um, I would trade. I would trade Eloy and get something back for Eloy too, and then sure. Then you have the outfield of you could put Blackman in right and Weber. Eloy's not left. really helping his trade value right now. No, Vinny, you really don't think there's any deal that gets done without including Robert? No, Juan Soto is Juan Soto might be the best. Uh, okay, I think Otani's the most valuable player because he's a top five pitcher and a top ten hitter. Juan right. Soto's a top one hitter. I mean, well, he just won the, the home run derby, by the way. Yeah, and that's not even why. Like, and Juan he's twenty three years old. Yeah, he's he's got the most value. And there's another thing too. You're gonna trade. Okay, let's say we live in a bizarre world where it doesn't take Robert. Then you're giving up what Vaughn, Moncada, Berger, Sheets. And maybe Norhe Vera and Colson Montgomery. Like it's gonna take like five or six pieces to get Juan Soto. I truly believe right. that. And, no, then, I, and totally then after agree. a year, you have to pay him five hundred million dollars. But you have to give up pitchers, you have to give up position players, and you have to make sure that some of these guys can still develop and some of them are already MLB ready players. I tell you this the team that gets Juan Soto is not going to be a very good team. They're maybe. going to be a building team. It's going to be somebody like the Cubs. It's going but to be report, somebody hell like no. the report tonight is the Mets and the Yankees. Are going I to like the Cardinals. I'm, I I'm think thinking. I think the Mets are actually a really good uh, place that could happen. They won't trade him to the Mets though. Division, right? They're not going to trade him to the Mets and play him 19 times a season. It's just not he's going to be happen. a Cardinal, Vinny. I think I agree I think with you. The, uh, that that's my pre- I. And the Cardinals have made banana lands moves like that before. Nolan Arenado, Goldschmidt. There are a couple games behind the Brew Crew. They can out hit. Both of those guys are having MVP caliber years. Their pitching is pretty good. It's a last hurrah for Pujols, right? Like same right. thing with Molina. Like they're they're trying to put together that year. They're not as good as the Brewers right now. But if you put Juan Soto on that team, you never know what could happen. And if it were to come out, I don't know if it's on the betting sites yet. Like what team does Juan Soto trade for on, or what team does Juan Soto? play for on january 1st 2023 if the cardinals were like the third or fourth best odds i was thinking about throwing a chunk of change on like that that's just the team and the new york mets and the new york yankees and the dodgers are going to be on the top of everyone's list because they have the financial fortitude to do so i i honestly take the mets and the braves out of the equation because those are teams that are mentioned that can afford it and have the prospect capital to do it but why would the nationals trade them to either of those two teams is beyond me and the yankees they don't need Juan Soto in particular. I know every team needs Juan Soto. He's the best hitter in the right, league. right, right. But right. like, I've got, I've got they the four can win teams the World Series without him. I got the four teams with the best odds from the sports book for Juan Soto. Yankees are plus one fifty, Dodgers plus two fifty, Giants plus two seventy five, and the Mets are plus three hundred. See, I no, can see the Giants no making that move. They're not in the top four. I'm looking to see if I can find it. I also yeah. wonder if they if they you know pull an NFL type move and say nobody in the NL, just we we don't want him competing against us in any way. Now Zim, I only bring up Charlie like I said because of the contract situation, but I would roll with Reese and Sebi trade Randall for Blackman. Try to see what I can get for Trey Mancini in Baltimore because talks is that they want to move him. And then Mancini be a great fit on that on, on our club. and see what package I could get for Castillo and Drury. Sure, second base and an arm. I'm bullish now on Baltimore selling though. I think a lot of people are honestly. I've been seeing more and more talks about Baltimore being sellers, 
Um, Even especially if I in the last week in particular. If they don't sell, I can think of another name in left field. Right. Yeah, there are plenty out there, of course. Yeah. Uh, Ian Happ. Um, you Happ would even... be a great fit on this team. Happ. Don't make another deal with the Cubs. You've already Happ. established that rapport the last few seasons. That would literally – that might be like the chef's kiss trade right now if they don't give up too much. Again, um, what do you give up? You get, you're going to have to send somebody like Eloy back. I mean, you're not going to send Eloy back to the Cubs, right? No. <laughs> But I think they can get Hap for like a, a Yoannis Cespedes or a Jared Kelly, like a, a prospect like that. And then maybe, you know, a Gavin Sheets or a Jake Berger or, you know, something like that. I don't know. Ian Hap is a very good player. Yes. I'd love for, I'd love for our guests tonight to remain a White Sox. Me too. So. I would too. Otherwise, next season when he comes back on, it's going to be really awkward. Have we had on the Barroom Network a player from the White non the White Sox or Cubs? I don't think we have. I don't. Not, not a baseball player. I'm trying to. Think. I was going to say we had Josh Woods on. He's uh he's on the he was he was on the Bears at that point in time. But uh, I know you were referring to foot, uh, to baseball, not football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we have I, not. I don't think we have actually, which is kind of weird. Was We've Liam had on during the on. was Liam on during the season, Vinny, or was that the off season? No, Liam came on in like January. Right. Okay. So this is our first player on during the season. Yes. Yes. I normally Again, aside from prospects. Yeah, besides prospects. Brennan Davis was during the I, season. Uh, I did the scheduling thing, guys. I, I talked to Ashlyn. I specifically planned this for All Star Week. So that's how I got Jake. Yeah, it's hard to find time when you're a Major League Baseball player. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we got kind of lucky that he's on IL right now, too. It made things a lot easier and opened up the time limit, for sure. Yeah, and he would have been on All-Star break anyway, unless he made the All-Star team. Well, I was going to say, if he wasn't injured, he'd probably be on the All-Star team right now, so we got a little lucky there, too. I hate to say it, though. That's a position where I could see him moved, even though I hope that he is here. It, it, It would really suck, but... As far as, you know, strictly looking at it from an asset perspective, he's a little bit older of a prospect. He's had the injury bug hit him a few times. If somebody was like, we need something to sweeten the pot, and you said, what about Jake? It would also probably be better for his career. He's not going to be a full-time player on the White Sox anytime soon. Not unless he plays second base. Yeah, Yeah. Yohan Moncada is a better player. I know people shit on him all the time, but – Yoan Moncada is a better player. If he can really get the bat going like he has been in the last week, then he's really a better player. But from the hot corner, some of those plays Yoan makes, Jake can't, you know, he can't make them. And right. Now, what I do think, what I do think would be a realistic career trajectory is, you know, after Yasmani and Abreu retire, um, putting him in more of a first base, third base swing as a DH as well. Sure. Well, speaking of Jake Berger, we, we talked at length of the guaranteed take, and we always like to bring it full circle, have some fun at the end of the show. Hopefully I didn't step on anybody's toes there, but I think it's time to move on. In honor of our guest, Jake Berger, and his fiance Ashlyn, what is the best burger you've ever had? I know, Vinny, you had a burger today. I saw it. You went to Shake Shack. But what's the best burger you've ever had, Vinny? The best burger I've ever had. So for all disclosure – 
I like tasting different kinds of foods. I, you know, I enjoy traveling and tasting food. Burgers aren't as high on my list as they are most people. You ask most people to name their Mount Rushmore of food. A burger of some sort is on most people's. It's not on mine. But I do like a good burger every now and then. The one from Shake Shack was nice. It was like a smoky type of burger. It had cherry peppers on it. It was really, really good. I think wow. I think most people who have like a broad tongue would enjoy a burger like that. But the best burger I ever had is from this place near Woodfield. It's called Kuma's Corner. Uh, and there's Kuma- also one downtown. Oh, is there one downtown? Okay, perfect. So some of the local Chicago people know what I'm talking about. Um, the restaurant's based on like rock music and I really like rock Z- music. Zim's too. kind of restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, people always say like, what do you like more sports or music? I don't know which one I could live without more. You know, I really like rock music a lot. And so all their burgers are named after like bands and stuff. And you know, Kuma's corner, they just make a good burger and their appetizers are phenomenal. And today from Katie, I heard that they have phenomenal Mac and cheese. I never really ordered Mac and cheese from there before, but we're going to give it a go next time we're out there. But, yeah, Kuma's Corner. Shout out to your no-free ads. That sounds delicious. Makes me hungry now. Uh, Zim, what do you got on your, your favorite burger? My favorite burger is probably a Whopper. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, Vinny, don't even joke. Nobody Whopper's eats burger. Nobody There's nothing wrong burger. with a Whopper. I'll give Big you that. Big Macs are better. Yeah, easily. I don't know if they are actually, but that's a whole other conversation. Really, Joe? I I, I like a Big Mac. I'm disappointed in you. Hey, I like a Big Mac, but there's no meat on them anymore. You're really trying to make an argument right now that Burger King could be better than literally anything, and that's where I just take it, Joe. Just the Whopper. At any rate, honestly, I prefer home-cooked burgers over any place at a restaurant. Um, I like being able to season it myself, being able to make it exactly the way I want it. Um, I like making them on the stovetop over the grill, actually, because the juices kind of, you know, they sit in there. It's it's more like a skillet. Um, uh, and so one of my favorite things to do is to kind of, you know, chop the meat, season it myself. Uh, and then, you know, you put the cheese in between the burger, in the middle of the burger, and you make the patty around the cheese and reform it back around. Talking about like a Juicy Lucy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. That's just me. Um, I like going out for burgers. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I'll go to a Red Robin. I'll go to, uh, I don't know if y'all got them out there. Bad Daddy's Burger Bar is nope. one of my favorite burger chain places. Um, as far as fast food goes, we have uh, Good Times out here, which is similar to like Rallies and Checkers, but not exactly the same. Um, you know, I'm always down for a good burger, but my favorite burgers are the ones I probably make myself. Gotta love that. Chris Gonzalez, favorite burger? Well, most of the like local joints that I really enjoyed the burgers have been closed in New Lenox. Um, but Joe, I think you can speak off of a CP meat market with the meat that they provide. Uh, if you get burgers from oh, there, yeah. it's oh, yeah. a very solid way to go about it. Like what Zim was saying with uh, get you know making it yourself. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's really tough because, like I said, like Steamboat back in the day is closed. There's another one in Lenox that they closed that now uh, it's actually right by Joe, by right next like it was right next to Gatos there in New Lenox, um, but they closed it right across from Central, but they closed it. Um, but nowadays, yeah, I, like five guys I have to go to if I'm on the move or something. Um, but yeah, if you go downtown to Billy Goat, I know you can 
Nice. Love the Billy Go. Um, yeah, those are like the ones I think off off the top of my head. Uh, it's been a while since I've had a good burger, though. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, uh, go ahead, uh, Joe, Joe, your dad in the chat. There you go. He throws up Red Robin. Um, honestly, Yum. don't look past the chains, Yum. man. When you want a good burger, there's a reason these places have locations everywhere. <laughs> Red Robin yeah, is very good. But Red Robin is outstanding. I do want to throw out. I, I, I realized I didn't throw out my favorite tip for when I make burgers. And I do want to throw that out there in case anybody wants to try making their burgers at home just a little bit better. Because everybody does, you know, your typical salt, pepper, Worcestershire sauce, uh, Lowry's, whatever seasonings you like throwing in there. The number one thing I do that I think really kicks the burgers up just a little bit, you know, Emerald style, bam. Uh, bam. <laughs> throw a little shot of hot sauce in there. Don't don't be afraid to, to give it a, some some extra flavor. That's my favorite thing to do with my burgers that really takes them up. Just Love that, that idea. I throw, you know, my favorite hot sauce to throw in like non-traditional things like for pizza and burgers and stuff like that. It's called Gringo Bandito. Um, and that's, that's the sauce from the offspring. From right? the offspring. Yes. I was going to say Vinny mentions, you know, rock and roll earlier here. The guy from the lead singer from the offspring, in addition to uh, having a, a doctorate in microbiology, uh, has his own hot sauce company called Gringo Bandito. And I love it for you know, off, like I said, off the wall kind of stuff, pizza, burgers, things like that. Um, not, not really good on Mexican food, like a lot of hot sauces. <laughs> um, but yeah, throw something like that in there. And honestly, it, it, it's really great the way that it, um, if you put the right amount of hot sauce in when you're mixing the meat up, the way it actually forms around the meat Binds and blends it. into the meat rather than kind of overpowering it. Um, and it really brings out different flavors in your meat. So if you want to like you want to try something new next time you're you're out grilling or something, mm. tis the season, right? Try it out. I like that tip, Sim. Thank you for that. I uh, <clears throat> I will take that into account. So I've got like a, a couple for, for favorite burgers because they're different styles. Uh, I went to Vegas, and now they have one in Chicago, Gordon Ramsay Burger. Uh, his He's got the Hell's Kitchen burger. It's got like jalapeno and like asadero cheese. And it's like cooked over like a wood smoke grill or something like that. And it's just ridiculous. It's so good. So that was like cooked to a perfect medium. That's one of the best burgers I've ever had. And then there's a local spot here in, in New Lenox called Arrowhead Ales. Uh, they've got some killer burgers. I had, I had a lamb burger there a couple of weeks ago. It was out of this world, man. If you've never had a lamb burger, it's like half lamb, half beef. It's almost kind of got gyro vibes a little bit. Uh, excellent stuff. And then a special runner-up to the smash burger, any kind of smash burger. Like if you ever had the patties that are super smash thin, almost like a Culver's style or like a Steak and Shake style or Freddy's like, uh, frozen like custard. Like the one in that video you showed us earlier from uh, from the exactly. Jake Burger. Exactly, like the one from the region. Um for the, the Jake burger, which you can still get. Uh, so I'm, I love the smash burger. It's, it does a time and place for it, but it's just, you can't go wrong there. So much good stuff. And then your mom put a tip in the chat for, as well, Vinny, for uh, how to cook a burger. Yeah. And Zim made me think of it. My mom and dad made outstanding burgers growing up. I probably eaten more of their burgers than any other chain, you know, with the, the meat and you make it at home and you put the ice cube on it to make it juicy. Yeah, that's a nice technique that 
you know, they've used for a long time. So shout out to them for making great burgers for my whole life. And one time they took us on a cruise too. And Guy Fietti's, um, you made me think of this by mentioning Gordon Ramsay, Guy Fietti's place. I forget what it was called. But yeah, I went to Flavortown real quick on that cruise there. I think Joey tried every single one twice. Have you had his mac and cheeseburger, Vinny? You know, it might have been on the cruise. I don't I had it in Vegas. Sure, it might it might have been on that cruise, but I don't remember it's for sure. Solid. I definitely don't remember having it, but it is not something that I'm above by any means. Yeah, I mean, that's all good stuff. Gents, we made it to the tail end of the show. We've gone a little bit long, but Jake Berger and Ashlyn Carmella, huge thank you to our wonderful guests for giving us so much time, especially during the season, especially during All-Star break. It means a lot to us. And thank you, chat room, for hanging out all night and having some great comments there for Jake and Ashlyn. Uh, truly was a dream come true. Coming up in the Ballroom Network, big week at the Ballroom. Dan and Aldo bear their souls. You've got Greg Gabriel talking football, the Mac and Reed show. Uh, I believe on Wednesday we're doing, uh, we're actually going to do uh, science fiction talking about Obi-Wan. I know that got postponed last time. I'm going to see if I can make it on that show. See if I can. If not, uh, then I know there'll be a good show from Salim regardless. Uh, Vinny, you guys are doing both Bardon and Crosstown this week, right? Yeah, last week free agency was happening while we were on. Now it's for the most part over. Uh, Johnny Hockey signed with Columbus. Um, you know, there was all sorts of stuff that went down that day. The Blackhawks made a couple moves. Uh, probably the third best free agent, Andre Pallotta, actually ended up with the Devils, which was kind of nice. Um, there were a couple trades that went down as well. So, you know, excited to talk about that. Katie brings up in the chat that the best burger in his paradise, Poppin' Displains. Um, definitely don't, I don't think she's taking me there, but I'm going to have to, it's not you know, bad. Check it out. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a try. I want to try it. So, but yeah. And then Crosstown Crosstalk on Thursday. Um, I have a guest in the works from the 108 is a couple of friends of mine. And I think I'm going to have beef loaf on if I can work it out. If not, he'll be on one of these future episodes. So, um, I'm looking forward to what's going on with the show. Um, oh, Eddie Olchek leaving the Blackhawks. Just disgusting news. You know, the Blackhawks are just kind of becoming that team or that that business that doesn't know how to run it properly anymore. They don't know how to treat their customers. They slap them in the face by bringing out news like this. So I'm going to try and get Nick Olchek on. I've wanted to have him on for a while. And nice. now that he doesn't have to go through Comcast anymore to come on podcasts, I think it'll be a little easier for him. So we'll see what happens there. But there's a lot to talk about in both the hockey and baseball world. So make sure you tune in the Barroom Network. I hear the Mike North advantage is coming back full-time once the NFL season starts as well. So I'm, I'm excited about everything that's going on there. Yeah, you got football. I mean, you got fantasy football coming up soon at you every Sunday morning. We're not far away from football season. It's a great time to get into the Barroom Network. Make sure you mash that subscribe button, whether it's on YouTube or follow us on Facebook or find us wherever you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Podbean, you name it. We would appreciate the support. It means the world to us. Gentlemen, we're at the end of the show. We're going to do some quick shout-outs, and we're going to hightail it out of here. Steven Zim Zimmerman got bug eyes, so I'm going to let you go first. I don't really have much. I, I want to shout-out uh, Jake and Ashlyn for, for being awesome guests. Like That was so much fun and it flew right by and yes it did they absolutely helped I, I i can't be the only one who who had some nerves flowing at the beginning and they absolutely helped dispel those very quickly just by being awesome genuine human beings so that was 
so great. Uh, this was an awesome show. Um, shout out to everybody in the chat. You know, I, I saw a lot of people come through that we haven't seen in a little while who poked their heads out of the woodworks for, for this uh, very special episode that we had. And, um, you know, a particular one that I know I've shouted out before, uh, but who actually came through and listened to part of our interview here is uh, is uh, Galactic Elliot, who is primarily a Pokemon streamer, but he's helped me out a lot uh, along this journey to start podcasting and streaming with you guys, helping me build out my computer, helping me get this amazing setup uh, looking as pretty as it does for you all in, the, in my Death Star, um, you know, as well as just providing me with some inspiration to keep doing this and, and uh, you know, and enjoy myself out here. Um, so big shout out to him who uh, has been a lot more of an influence than I think he's ever realized. So. Love it, Zim. Appreciate, appreciate the sentiment there. Gonzo, what do you got for shout outs, buddy? Um, I shout out every week, but I shout out my girlfriend, Soraya. Uh, I spent, gosh, 20, at least 20 plus hours of driving just to go out to, you know, help her out in Denver on her move here. Um, I'm so glad for her patience. Uh, and she's actually uh, was getting the dogs, um, took them out while I did the show, this big show that we had. So got to shout her out for her uh, appreciation for what I'm doing and being my support beside me um i gotta shout out these last two guests though with uh jake and ashlyn and also ray the barber um killer shows the past two weeks that we've had um then also i gotta shout out Vinny again um i did end up watching um bar down with the uh, nhl free agency on that show took up my whole drive from here to vegas um, nice on Happy thursday i think that was thursday night but uh yeah that helped when i was going through the <laughs> the death valley there and it was like a hundred degree heat at night and i'm just like man Vinny's gonna get me through this trip <laughs> frank up oh, that I ac it. baby i love it oh my gosh um yeah, I, it was just a hectic week for me and um i was looking forward to the show coming back from that long road trip and uh um setting up the rest of the week here for me um great that was a great job guys tonight i gotta admit and uh, i gotta Give my uh, shout out to the chat as well for uh, viewing in and because we do this all for you. Amazing. Thank you, Gonzo. Vinny, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, my girlfriend, Katie, of course, always. My mom, dad, brother. I wouldn't be anywhere without the four of you um, doing cool interviews like this. That's also a thanks to you guys for bringing me in. Shout out to you guys. I love each and every one of you. And, you know, I also want to give a special shout out to Frankie Mueller, Gonzo, bar downs co-host there uh his birthday was yesterday so happy birthday to frank mueller he happy birthday, turned, frank. i don't even did he turn 24 what a bad cousin i am i don't even know my own age though so he's not going to take any offense to that um you know great party cooking up some sicilian steaks and then we went to the casino after where the white Sox had better odds to win the world series there than the minnesota twins who lead them by three games so shout out frank i hope you had a wonderful birthday i know you got some awesome gifts and Looking forward to another year celebrating you, my man. It's a thing of beauty. Thank you, Vinny. Uh, as always, I'm going to shout out my beautiful wife, Catherine, our baby girl, Audrey, who's going to be six months here in a couple days. Our great Dane Maverick. Uh, I, I would be, I'd be remiss if I did not shout out our amazing guests tonight, Jake Berger, Ashlyn Carmel. I want to give a special shout out to Ashlyn, who I reached out to a couple months ago to come on this show. And then she hit it off so well with us that we 
I got in contact with her and she said Jake would be happy to come on. So this has been months in the planning. Uh, huge thank you to Ashlyn. I followed up with her every couple weeks to make sure we were still on and they were super excited to do this. And, and that just makes me smile how excited they were to come on the show. So thank you, Ashlyn. And thank you, Jake. Uh, it was truly a pleasure to talk to you guys tonight. Outside of that, huge shout out to the chat room. Uh, I want to shout out you guys, all three of you. You guys did an awesome job tonight, and you always do. And I got to shout out the White Sox for winning seven out of their last ten. Let's go, boys. It's all-star break. Let's see if Timmy and Liam can do anything in this game coming up tomorrow. And then uh, it's, it's on to the second half, boys. And it's time to uh, to shit or get off the pot, and I think it's time to to get her done. So, Let's go, White Sox. For the South Burbs Hitmen, I'm Joe Mandel. That's Steven Zimmerman. Above me is Chris Gonzalez. And in the top right corner is Vinny Parisi. We will see you guys in two weeks. No show next week. We don't have a guest yet when we come back, but we probably will. Let's go, White Sox. Let's win some games. See you guys next week. Go, White Sox. See you next time. Where are the credits? Oh, yeah, here they are. Uh, bye. <laughs>